I'm Brian. That's JJ. This is White Heat. This is episode 71, presented by Godzilla Media. Of course, sponsored by our good friends at Johnstone Supply, as well as Mohawk Honda. And a reminder that we're also sponsored this month by our friends over at the Hideaway at Saratoga Golf Course, your home for Godzilla Media football Sundays this October. Mr. Alexander, a very good afternoon to you, sir, as we are. I don't know if it's dreary where you are, but it's been dreary and rainy here all day. Very. Yeah. So how are you? Good, sir. Nah, sore. Rain always makes everything act up. Uh, Same recovering. <laughs> yep. Recovering from the weekend. Did a little too much physical activity. I need to realize baby steps quite literally. Baby steps. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So we're just going to jump right into it. Um, first things first, it's the realist, uh, new Japan. They started their TV title tournament this past week. Allow me to break into the bracket. Now I apologize for the low grade technology used here for this. So what I see, cause the, the, you're going to see the way the bracket is for is, was designed by new Japan mm -hmm. in graphic form. And you're going to kind of be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because <laughs> then you're going to see how I had to... You'll understand in a second. Oh, I get so, it. <laughs> so there's the bracket for those of you looking on YouTube. I'll explain it to those who are uh, you know, on the listening side of our platforms, whether it be on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. Um, so typically, when you make a bracket, you make it so the names are, are going down... Right. Vertically. Right. Like like the names go across horizontally, but as far as listing them in a bracket, they're listed vertically. Uh New Japan decided to reverse that logic <laughs> and has the names going vertical, but the bracket going horizontal. Very odd. I don't get it, but that's what they did. Um let me just Because it's this. a race to the top. It's to the king of the mountain. Okay, impact. <laughs> um, so, so far they've had five of their eight first round, excuse me, wait, no, six of their eight first round matches uh, over the past week. David Finley defeated Kanamaru, ZSJ defeated Alex Zane, so those two will face in a quarterfinal match. Uh, Yoshihashi upsetting Jeff Cobb, at least I would call him. Uh, Evil beat Hanare, so those two will face in a quarterfinal. And then the other two opening round matches, Sonata defeated Tai Chi and Kenta beat Hiroki Goto. Yay. So that'll be a quarterfinal matchup as well. Uh, the other two opening round matches that still have not taken place that will happen next Wednesday, the 26th. That'll be Renderita against Tomohiro Rishii and Toru Yano against Great Okan with the winners facing each other in the quarterfinals. As far as the remaining schedule, real quick, uh, the Finley ZSJ and Yoshihashi Evil quarterfinals will take place on the 27th, which is next Thursday. Uh, then on the 30th, which is a Sunday, we'll get the quarterfinals of Sonata versus Kenta, and then the winners of those other two opening round matches I mentioned earlier. And then November 5th, we both semifinals. And then the championship will not be decided officially until Wrestle Kingdom when the two finalists will face off in a one-on-one -on -one match. 
Um, so that's the way the bracket breaks down. Um, obviously, uh, Jeff Cobb losing, like I mentioned, is the upset and really the only. I would, I mean, you could argue Kenta Goto was probably the most evenly matched as far as reputations and career resumes are concerned. Um, but all in all, um, I guess, you know, Jeff Cobb losing is really the only thing that anyone would be really shocked by out of that. I just, I'm still not a fan of like everyone associated with it. Like this is supposed to be like a title for young up and comers and it's all the same faces. Let's figure this out. Hang on. Let me pull up the bracket again. So let's think of this. If they want to go with, I mean, he's not young per se because he's been around for a while. I mean, David Finley would make the most sense on the left side of the bracket. Yeah. That's the, the concept they're going with. Uh-huh. The other side. Ocon. Ocon. Uh, maybe you feel bad for Sonata having to vacate the U.S. title. I don't know. Maybe, uh, but. Uh, that's the only. Yeah, that's really all I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's really. Yeah. As, as far as living up to the principles of the championship. Right. That those are the ones that make the most sense. It's like it's a mid-card title and you got a whole bunch of guys that were like have been main eventing New Japan for the last decade. Right. Like it's a mid-card title. Keep it a mid-card title. Like Correct. it's it kind of reminds me of back in the day. I remember like um, when Austin had just turned heel uh, and joined up with Trips, a two-man power trip. And uh, Trips won the Intercontinental title. There was like this big deal of it was only like the second or third time maybe where someone had already been a world champion and then held a secondary title after it. Because mm-hmm. once you're in that main event echelon, like holding on to a mid-card title, just it it doesn't do anything for it. Like right. you're not really elevating the title. The title's bringing you down. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, there's, uh-huh. there's, there, there are obviously exceptions <clears throat> to the rule. But they're few and far between. Right. No, you're right. Um yeah, I I like I said, it's it's a lot a lot of same old same old basically with Right. But at the same point, like unless you dip into your New Japan strong roster, like right. there's not much there to offer if right. that's what you're trying to do. Right. Like this TV title should be like, it should be the stepping stone for the young lions that have graduated into having their own gimmick. Right. Correct. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, was, why isn't uh, Red Shoes kid in this tournament? You, yeah, yeah. You like he, he would, he would be like one of the people. Like, I'm not saying put it on him, but I'm saying like put him in the tournament. Right. No, I agree. I completely agree. Um. Obviously, not a whole lot of forward thinking there. <laughs> um, in the meantime, that's really it for New Japan, honestly. Um, I mean, they have they just started a tour earlier today, but there's not really a whole lot going on with that tour until the very end of it, which is not till the first week of November. Um, and then they have a sh- they have a, a a show going on next weekend in the U.S. Uh, Rumble on Forty Fourth Street. Yeah, that's right. They only have two matches announced from what I recall for that show, uh, which is El Phantasmo and Takagi in another KOPW match. And then um, I believe it's a tag match that, that they also announced. 
Uh, and that's the one happened Okada, at the Okada and Eddie Kingston against Jay White and Juice Robinson. Yeah, that's the one happened at the Hulu Theater, right? Uh, the Palladium is where it's going to be. Oh, okay. It's going to be the Palladium in Times Square, New York City. Uh, yeah. Next Friday night is right. when they're going to do it. Um, they also have a night, a, the night before, they have a Halloween special the night before, also at the Palladium. Hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing listed for it at all, which is weird. Um, and then obviously the new brand, uh, Tamashi, um, that starts the 11th and 13th of November. So that still has a little ways to go. Mm-hmm. So. That's that with New Japan. Uh, Impact. Impact. <laughs> Yeah, that that kind of yeah. Um. So, I'm not gonna run through the whole fucking show because a lot of it's just empty weight, really. Yes. Um, the basic notes I got out of the sh- the TV show from this past week. Um, one obviously they had the promo with Bully Ray and Josh Alexander in the ring, where Bully Ray saying he wants to do things the right way. Sure, fuck it, whatever. Um, I'm frozen. You are frozen. And if you unfreeze, wonderful. If not, then we'll just work through it. And hope you unfreeze. I can still hear you, so that's okay right now. In the meantime, um, so let me let me stop there for a second and just go with that. So we're really going to go down this road where Bully Ray. Uh, are we really going to do this this drawn out thing where he's going to claim he want to do things the right way, and then he's just going to do things the wrong way and be an asshole over again? Like is it's like. It, We're just rehashing the same shit again with him. I don't understand it. It's just I'm I'm at a point where I wasn't a fan of Bully Ray coming in to begin with, to be quite frank. Um yeah, but that's that's what they want. That's where they want to go, and I just the, the way the way they're trying to tell this story though is just it's I don't get the point of it. As there we go, we lost JJ. So as, as I thought we were going to, um, I just I'm at a point where where Bully Ray is. Uh, I respect the hell of his career. Obviously, he's a two time Hall of Famer. We get all that. Blah blah blah. Does Impact really need Bully Ray? No. Like, this is this just... And the other thing is, what does this do for Josh? Like, what does this do for Josh Alexander? Like, have we really run out of opponents and creative ideas? Like, have we really run out of that much for Josh? Like, this, this just, just, just doesn't seem like something that... It doesn't seem like something that's really going to help you grow Josh as a, cha- as a champion. Or leg- further legitimize him as a champion. Like there, there's, there's other 
talents you could use if you're trying to build up Josh as a champ. Or there's other talents that could have taken that call your shot gauntlet and ran with it in a more creative direction than just having Bully Ray win and go, I want to do things the right way. Like there's, there were better options on both sides of the fence. There were better options for just in general who to take of a call your shot gauntlet. And there were better options for as far as if you're trying to build Josh up as a bigger champion, there were better options in that respect as well. Um, but obviously we'll get JJ Sloan on that when he gets back. Um, aside from that, afterwards, um, Bobby Fish eventually won a title shot, ended up losing to Alexander. We'll revisit that once we get JJ back. Um, everything at this point, go into the knockouts division real quick. Everything at this point to me, it just screams like we're leaning towards Killer Kelly taking on Jordan Grace at some point. Um, Killer Kelly just keeps on winning. Jordan Grace took care of Masha Slamovich over at Bound for Glory um, a week and a half ago. And I just feel like that's that's the match they're kind of building for. At least it feels like in a way. Um, I'm not 100% certain on that, but it just kind of feels like that. Um, when? I don't know. But I think Yes, I think their next pay-per-view is until January, if I remember correctly. So, uh, I guess kind of wait to see at that point. Maybe they could use it as just a blow-off um, at a digital-only event. Not sure, but um, <clears throat> it just feels like Killer Kelly is the next big challenger they're pushing towards in that knockouts division um, to provide the same kind of the same kind of challenge to Jordan that Masha Slamovich was seemingly going to be giving um, Jordan. Um, Heath and Rhino, they get, they're going to shot the tag team titles this coming week. Um, as we mentioned last week, uh, Maria, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, done with impact. So one would assume this is the direction they decided to go with the belts to get them off Bennett and Taven. So you can leave with the belts. Um, which now I believe makes twice in a row, the champions uh, contracts expired while holding the belts and decided not to renew. The other ones being the good brothers, obviously with Anderson and Gallows, who we now know are in WWE. Um, so yeah, just, I, obviously Heath and Rhino aren't going anywhere. Um, cause I don't see, I don't see Hunter wanting to bring in Heath, at least not anytime soon. And Heath just seems to be comfortable being on the circuit as it is right now. Um, and Rhino, again, just, I don't see that being a real fit to anything Hunter's looking to accomplish as of right now maybe down the road for something. Um, if maybe he wants to do some ECW related at some point, but not right now, not like the Rhino doesn't fit into anything right now. Um, so that's that. Um, and the other thing that, that factors into the bully Ray thing that I, that I put at the end of my notes uh, and just saw. So 
not only are we getting, now we're going with the Bully Ray wanting to do the right thing side of things. Now they've also added Tommy Dreamer to the mix. Because at one point, Tommy is backstage for a promo, not promo, but a, a segment with Bully in the locker room. And Tommy's basically saying to Bully, don't make me look like an ass. Don't make me look stupid for bringing you back. Uh, which eventually leads to them saying they're going to tag team as we get JJ back in here. What are we sipping on today, by the way? Just coffee. Just coffee. Yeah. All right. So let me roll through what I've been going through with Impact. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I heard your stuff about Bully Ray there being nothing of merit. That's when I crashed out. Okay. Um, basically, what I was saying is, obviously, we already went over how we thought there were better options for people to win that Call Your Shot call. We already went over that last week. Yeah. At the same token, the other thing I thought of is, what does a program like this, the way they're setting it up, how how does this even help Josh Alexander? It doesn't. Like, like isn't the point to a program involving the champion about not just elevating the challenger, but also try to elevate the champion at the same time. So in Scott DeMore's eyes, it's, I need to bring in someone of name value to compete against Josh because since winning the title, it's been the same faces that we've had and we need to bring in someone that's a name recognition, but it's just, it no, like nobody asked for this. And like, it's 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 weird. It's like the more things. Oh, I'll bring in Bully Ray, and that way, you know, our viewership will freaking double, and the numbers have spoken. You know, they had ninety four thousand viewers this past week. Um, dude, I think you're muted. Yeah, I'm muted. My bad. okay. <laughs> I thought it was Sorry. me. I, I forgot I muted myself for a second. My bad. My bad. My bad. But um, but not only is this, is this just a, not only we just talked about this being a bully Ray Josh Alexander thing. Now we're bringing in a third wheel because they had a backstage segment during the show later on where Dreamer is talking to Bully, and now now they're playing off the "Don't make me look like an an idiot for bringing you back into the fold." Boy, um, and then the two of them agree they wanted to do a tag match. So they're tagging in this week's show, um, which is going to be against Ace Austin and Chris Bay. God bless their souls. Um, So Austin and Bay get to be the sacrificial lambs to a pint-sized Bully Ray and an XL-sized Tommy Dreamer. Chris Bay just signed an extended contract with Impact. Bless him. Like, Dude, like you're in the thick of this Bullet Club stuff. Shouldn't you be like trying to see if Japan wants you a little more? See if you can get some more money out of them. Like, I mean, Chris Bay is one of those guys who I think could like could fit uh, into a WWE mold eventually. Like, so. yeah. I mean, I look at Chris, and I don't know how fair this is. Um. I think he, I, I kind of commit this in the same mold as how Swerve fit into the mold. Yeah. Um, now, Swerve was patient enough, obviously. Maybe yeah. 
doing different and better things right now. But right. as far as a role to fill, like it, it's very much a swerve, mellow kind of mold that yeah. I think Chris could fall into, which yeah. is not bad. Not bad at all. I mean, just like what Mellow's been doing right. over the last 12 months. <clears throat> um, and like, not, not, not that I'm saying Trick Williams doesn't have potential eventually, but imagine if Chris Bay was in that spot with Mellow. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a lot more money in that. I agree. I agree. But, I don't know. There's maybe there's just some guys that just have it sworn off. They don't want to work for Connecticut. I don't know why. They need to get out of the mentality. Yeah. Um. Now to switch back, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth, but I'm trying to I'm trying to make everybody understand the the nonsensical bullshit that's going on with the world title scene here. Mm-hmm. So obviously we got all this bully race stuff going on and the injection of Tommy Dreamer as far as being the third wheel in the whole thing with bully on the bully side. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the other thing. So at the end of that opening segment with bully Ray and Josh, Bobby fish came out and challenged for the title. Josh accepted later in the show. Josh beats Bobby in that title match. Okay. <laughs> But get the fuck out. But that wasn't the end of the show. Ugh. So I want to make sure we got this straight. Frankie Kazarian taps out Mike Bailey. Oh god, he's option seeing that shit. Yes. Jesus fuck. From TV standards, not even a week after winning the belt, he's already going with option C. That's fucking ridiculous. Now, obviously, now they haven't officially booked when and where this match is going to be, but it's like, why? What's what? Then it brings to the obviously a why b. Then was it necessary like because Frankie has never held the Impact World Title, and this is the way he'll be able to do it, guaranteed. Stupid. Very like. So when they first introduced option C, I was like, huh, that's different. But then like, I like it got used too often because like the option C's thing should be like, okay, I've been X division champion. I've held on to this title. I've beaten everyone I can. Now that's it. Option C. I want the main title. Don't not a week after you fucking want it. Yeah. There, has to be, there should be a time limit of some sort. You know, like, if anyone should have been optioned seeing that title in the past two years, it should have been Ace Austin. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, apparently not. Because here's Kazarian. Um, the only two other things that I really took away from Impact, number one, I just feel like, and this is just a general observation, I could be off base on this, and it's not necessarily going to happen right away. It's just a feeling I have for future booking. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're moving towards a, Kel- a Killer Kelly Jordan Grace title match at some point. Probably. That's that's the feeling I get because they keep pushing Killer Kelly. She keeps winning, mm-hmm. and to me, there's not a whole lot else that makes any sense at all in that knockout division at this point. Right. Um. Unless you're trying to push, oh God, unless you're trying to have Mickey James 
play out the way that Trish retired almost 20 years earlier. Oh, she go wins, for wins, the title. wins, 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 wins the belt, and then retires as champion. Again, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I hate I can when see people it retire as champion, unless, of course, there is a dire medical reason where, as to why they have to. Right. I hate when people retire as champion. Uh, I agree. I That's agree. just, you know, that just shows you don't want to do business on the way out. Right. Uh, and then the last thing to make note of, um, I can't remember the tag team that was looking to originally get a shot at the tag team titles, but in the end, there was a no more contenders match, and Heath and Rhino were getting the shot at the tag titles. So obviously, Ugh. assuming, assuming... Uh, nothing else happened at the tapings. Uh, those are probably your new tag team champions right now, yeah. because we know about what happened with the the champs at the time of the tapings, which yeah, were Taven and Bennett, and they have since left Impact, did not resign, and have gone on to sign with um Tony Khan. And they didn't show up on Rampage with the belts, did they? No, they did not have the belts with them when they okay. showed up on Rampage. Okay. Um. So that should tell you right there what what's going on. Right. Okay. So before we get into grabbing our torches and pitchforks for AEW, just want to tell you something about how you can light up your house and warm it up. That's with your furnace. Warm it up, Chris. I'm about That's right. To. You gotta you gotta you, 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 you gotta Check it, make sure it's in working order. I know it's been getting chilly. Like we're we're dipping down into the fifties around here, maybe even as low as the high forties this week here in upstate New York. You need to make sure your heat is in working order so you're not left out in the cold this winter. And that's our friends at Johnstone Supply in Troy. They will make sure you have the best brands in your household. That way, nothing breaks. You don't have to worry about trying to fix it again later on in the winter such as Goodman, Fujitsu, Westinghouse, all in stock, all at great prices. Talk to anybody over at Johnstone Supply. You can talk to our boy George. You've been with getting there with God's a few times. Great dude. Also talk to Kev, James, Bird, all with great knowledge about how to make sure your furnace is in proper working order. Or, hey, if you need a brand-new heating system, they can do that as well. Just give them a call at 518-272-5922 or visit them at their store, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Make sure your furnace is in good working order or you get yourself a new heating system overall so you're not left out in the cold this winter. 518-272-5922. Visit them at 2600 6th Avenue in Troy or check out johnstonesupply.com. Do you have your notes ready, good sir? Mm-hmm. I'd like to begin by having a moment of silence. And say rest in peace to the good career of Renee Paquette. Mm-hmm. Hey, she's gonna get paid to do fucking VTRs once every month. She's she got that Mark Henry money now. And she's gonna cut back, cut back to nothing. She's gonna say one line a week and get paid. I've gotta be honest, I'm kind of shocked that. Now, granted, I know that her husband works in AW. Yeah. But it kind of shocks me that, at least from what we know as of right now, nothing's been, nothing's been, at least I don't think anything's been confirmed about this happening or not. But at this point, I'd be kind of shocked that Hunter didn't give her a call, at least. 
I, I think once John signed that five-year extension, he said, I'm not going to bother. I'm going to wait for them to go under, and then I'll give her a call. Fair. Fair. So she comes out, gets the Toronto pop because she's a Canadian girl. Kind um, of. Ish. I mean, there was a pop-ish, but it, like, it wasn't anything recognizable, which is hilarious because all the basement goblins were claiming she was going to get a bigger pop on Wednesday than Bray did on the previous Saturday. <laughs> yeah. How'd that work out for you? Right. Uh, so then she introduces Christian. Christian talks, you know, whatever. Um, so they decide to open the show with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus wins, but I have a question. Yes. You saw this match? Oh, yes. I have notes. Okay. So I have a very specific question to the match, and I'll let you get to your notes for the match. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck chokeslams somebody like that? Luchasaurus. That's who. You know which one I'm referring to, right? Yes. The, 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 the setup to the finish? Yeah. Where he just kind of grabs and says, yeah. Yeah. The, the fuck is that? Uh-huh. It was terrible. Because Luchasaurus is terrible. Let's see. Let's see. My notes are, so JR gets reprimanded for a year by calling Jungle Boy by his shoot name, and then now that's all they fucking say. Oh, now it's their thing. Like, it's on the lower third when he enters. Yep. Now they got mm -hmm. Justin Roberts saying Fighting it. Jack Perry. <laughs> uh, OG, miraculously, there's a fucking table there at the entranceway now. That wasn't there, like, when the match started. And this is my big note. This is supposed to be a grudge match. It should look like a fucking fight, not choreographed bullshit. And like, this was, this is like, this is the culmination. Like this is, this is their long-term storytelling. And like that, that should have looked like a Memphis brawl. And instead it looked like indie pre-show. Like it shouldn't have been a whole bunch of fucking choreographed flippy deuce. It should have just been a fucking fight. I don't know how, how, what's so hard to comprehend about that. A lot, apparently. Like, ugh. Yeah, I, I've got nothing for you in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we got a clusterfuck of an interview. Um, Ethan and Stokely backstage with Renee. Uh, then we got Matt Hardy and Private Party angry because apparently we're just, selling, we're just selling contracts left and right all over the place. It's their way to write Andrade and Roosh off TV. So apparently Stokely purchased the contracts of Private Party from the Andrade office. For reasons. So that sets up a match on Rampage where Page faces Isaiah Ca uh, Cassidy if page one, Matt Hardy was going to be signed to the firm. Mm -hmm. But if Cassidy won, then private party could go and join Hardy, Matt Hardy. Yeah. So like, you know how usually like when a contract is bought out and there's a whole long thing drawn out about how they hate being in there. And finally there's a match where it's like, yeah. okay, if you win this match, your contract is null and void. Yeah. Let's just skip all of that. Let's go from, we bought your contract to here's your out. I mean, they were they had been doing that with Andrade. In fairness, I'm not trying to excuse them. I'm not trying to excuse 
this particular thing, but I'm just saying in general, that's what they were doing with Andrade. Right. And that's what they were doing with Andrade. But now because he's written Andrade off TV, instead of just scrapping what he had figured out he was going to do for it and figuring out something else, I'm just going to go boop and put this over here and hope nobody notices. Basically. Then we get uh, Wardlow and Samoa Joe destroying QT Marshall and Nick Camarado. Fucking terrible. Duh. Like, really terrible. And then, like, okay, so this is when I really noticed where I was just like, because, okay, if they had said it once, I would have let it go. But they said it, like, four or five times during the whole broadcast. They kept talking about this standing room only crowd in Toronto. Both upper tiers were empty. And a third of the floor was empty. You could see it when they would pan from the entrance over. Oh, shit. No comment. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, talk about filling TV for the sake of filling TV. So the match ends. <laughs> the NBC comes out cutting 90 seconds of whatever with Nana and uh, Cage. Because because fucking Warjo interfered in their match with FTR for their ROH tag belts, which, number one, why were they getting a shot at the ROH tag belts when they hadn't been on fucking Dynamite or fucking Rampage at all? And number two, big fucking deal. Like, so this is, like, it's... Everything just made no sense. Right. So we got 90 seconds of jibber-jabber between Nana and Cage. Jibber-jabber, jibber-jabber, uh, then FTR comes out to challenge the embassy to a six-man tag for Rampage. <sighs> and then we get Sean Spears. Who has not been on TV since he was in, since the pinnacle still existed and he was a heel. But right. now he's just a babyface because reasons, because they're in Canada. Yep. And He's supposed to get this huge ovation because it's Sean Spears. So basically, the pinnacle is reformed, except Samoa Joe has replaced MJF. Ugh. Well, think about it. I know, but a lot of good that did him last time. Spears. It's the pinnacle, but instead of MJF, they have Samoa Joe. And they've actually been referencing the pinnacle during the promos. Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. Oh, God, you know what this means? What? This means after fucking Appreciation Society versus Blackpool finally dies, they're gonna re they're gonna re fucking start. No, no Jericho versus no, Pinnacle. No, no. Yeah, they are. Don't you? Don't you wish that? Don't you wish that at my Ricky Bobby? Don't you dare. Jericho's got the book on that, dude. God Almighty. Anyways, moving on. Um, we get Jericho in two point backstage with Tony. I'll continue to say this every week until it stops happening. Do not put a microphone in front of the mouth of Matt Menard. Nope. It makes me want to kill somebody. Cocaine! Not, not literally. Um, then we get Swerve and Daddy Ass. Twas not Swerve a good match. Used, what? Twas not a good match. Uh, Swerve uses the ropes to pin Billy. 
Sure. So Zoro's definitely a heel now or until Tony decides otherwise. And then at the end of the match, it looked like the acclaimed and uh, Daddy S are going to scissor. Smart Mark comes out, announces he's trademarked the phrase scissor me in pro wrestling. Ugh. The acclaimed can't use it unless they want to be sued. <laughs> Fucking whatever, man. Mark Jesus. Sterling ruins everything. I've been saying that since I've shared locker rooms <sighs> with him. Now we get MJF backstage with Marvez. You know, because you just hired Renee, but you're only going to use her for one backstage interview. That's good. That's um, all she does. Stokely interrupts yeah. MJF. Oh, go ahead. But So, yeah. So we go from having MJF out there because he's a ratings grabber to giving him a VTR. Yep. Uh, Stokely interrupts MJF, and then MJF says he's gotten strike two. For I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, because of coming out after the match he had with Utilas the week before. That's right. Right. Because yeah, that that makes complete sense. Sure. So they're gonna keep. They're gonna go ahead with flipping MJF babyface. This is the way it's going. Yes. Terrible. Uh then Tony intros John Moxley. Mox cuts a promo. And then Hangman comes out. Once Mox says his name, and uh, then they. Show I'm a man. And they show shots of MJF sitting in the box of this casino chip while Hangman's cutting his promo. Hangman's cutting himself in his promo. <laughs> Not really. He he tried to gig so he could bleed when he punched himself, but Hangman yeah. doesn't know how to gig correctly. Right. Or, you know, do the trick of take a take a few aspirin before your fucking segment. Nope. Didn't but do yeah. It. So like the whole thing is like if you if you were to if you were to listen to the audio of that. It sounds like the crowd is popping for Paige when in all reality they're popping for the spotlight going on MJF. But yeah, that Paige, the medicine's not working, and 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 I, I'm a, I'm a husband and I'm a father and I don't give a fuck. You sound like a really bad monologue from a really bad B-rated movie. It does, but. Whatever, kid. Go get you some. Um, I'm not a kid. I'm a man. We need to address a bigger topic at large with the next part of this show. Mm-hmm. We need to officially declare something that I know you've been declaring yourself, but I'm going to... What happened on Dynamite on Wednesday with the booking of that, sh- that second hour of the show officially like signed, sealed, delivered, you know, ring of honor is a dead brand walking. When Jericho Danielson loses ratings. Fuck that. Just booking your show. You know it's a dead brand when Jericho Danielson, not Jericho Yuta or Jericho Bandito, Jericho Danielson is in the middle of your second hour mm-hmm. and you're putting fucking Pac and Orange Cassidy in your main event. Mm-hmm. They have officially reached Code Red with Ring of Honor. To the point where 
Lance Storm made an excellent point on his podcast this past weekend. Either get your fucking deal done ASAP for whatever you think you're putting Ring of Honor on, <laughs> or get everything Ring of Honor related off the fucking TV. Mm-hmm. Because it's bad enough you now have one, two, three, five extra titles to deal with from Ring of Honor. World Pure TV Tag Trios. And women's. Right, six. But the women's we haven't seen in two months. Yeah. Okay. Now I did you I now have to absorb six extra titles you've been somehow trying to find time for on your broadcasts. Mm-hmm. But you have a booker slash owner who's title happy and seems to be adding belts every quarter mm-hmm. to the AEW brand. Mm-hmm. It's 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 too much for the common fan to keep up with and make sense of. But but WWE has just as many belts. No, they don't. I know this. No, they, no, they don't. Even when the comparison was that where they were adding in the NXT and the NXT UK titles at the time, those are separate programs. They had time for those titles. And plus those number those were also like different fucking shit. ROH has no TV show. ROH has no dedicated TV time other than when it's thrown into Dynamite Rampage or a random ass match on fucking YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing. But good luck right. telling people this. It's horrible. It's fucking horrible. But but Warner Discovery is going to give them because they're real. They're really impressed with the way AEW has been. No, and please, haven't. please, and please, on the other side of that, because you just you just touched on another thing. Mm-hmm. Just because they're playing a lot of AEW commercials during the Major League Baseball playoffs, and they're putting AEW banners on the green screen shit behind home plate during some of the games, mm-hmm. doesn't mean fucking shit. No, not at all. Like I said, since this company started, because I work from home or I would be home recovering, and I would have the TV on in the background and on TNT and TBS. At, at every hour on both stations, you would see at least two commercials every hour for AEW programming every day. It's been that way since they started. Why? Because it's a product that's on their thing. So they know if they have dead fucking ad time to fill, they'll just throw in AEW ads. And, and by the way, no one's way, watching. And guess what? Guess what's just getting back into season this week? That's going to eat up some of that ad revenue that AEW currently has for free. Hockey? That started last week. This week starts the NBA. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Which is why they're moving their TV show this week. The next three weeks, isn't it? I just know it's this week. I don't know about I it. it. I, thought it was, I thought it was next three weeks. I could be wrong. No, this but this, because this week is when fucking Coke Moranis is going to sit there fucking blowing his own horn come Thursday morning. Fuck your ass. Because they're going up against NXT and they're going to beat him. Not a chance in hell. I mean, they might. They'll be, you know, something. They'll, they may be NXT by like a hundred thousand people. But then again, it's it goes back to the Wednesday Night Wars. This is your flagship show, and you're bragging about you being the, the developmental league. That's not the same. You're yeah, you're beating the C show. Congratulations. But 
Tony Khan's going to argue because here's here's the thing, and so so and here's the problem. And I know I'm I'm jumping the fence a little bit, but so NXT this upcoming week is going to have a lot of surprises on it because it's the go home show for Halloween Havoc, which is the first premium live event they've had since going back, you know, since since trips since trips took over completely, like I yeah. like the overall, and so it's actually on a Saturday, it, you know, because Halloween Havoc before was just a random episode of of. Uh, NXT of NXT. So it's going to be on a Saturday and they're trying to build for it. And so for it, there's going to be a lot of main roster cameos on this episode of NXT. That's just because that's how it was being built. So it would be a big go home show. But Tony Khan is going to sit there and go, they're pulling out all the stuff because they know they can't beat me. Well, yeah, because right now they have like, we know Raquel Rodriguez is going to be on the show. Um, Core Jade's on Raw tonight, so we're gonna find out who's gonna be. Yep. On Raw. Yep. Stax's Stax's mystery opponent's gonna be a main roster person. Cameron Grimes is getting uh, 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 partners from the main roster for his six man. Mm-hmm. So it's a few main roster appearances. Right. Right. Um. But now getting back to the match at hand. Mm-hmm. Swerve, bro. Did I not tell you? I told you one or two things is going to happen. Either they were going to do the switch and Garcia was going to go to the Blackpool and Yuta was going to turn and go to the fucking Jericho. Or this is going to all end up with Garcia just turning back on Danielson again anyway. I said it was one of two things. Garcia prevents Jericho from using the world title belt on Danielson, then just does it himself. And Jericho retains over Danielson. I thought the dumber part of that was the fact that Garcia came running down with the pure title over his shoulder. Like, why? Why? You literally had to toss a belt down to pick up Jericho. Yeah, basically. Like, dude, if you're going to come out, just wear it around your fucking waist. If, like, there's no reason to come out with the damn belt at all. Like, that is, that is indie-rific bullshit. Like, you're coming out in street clothes. You shouldn't have your fucking belt with you. You're doing a run-in. Go back and watch anything pre-Attitude Era and see if anyone ever did a run-in in street clothes with their title belt. Christ, when fucking Flair would do shit, when Flair would do shit in regular clothes, you never saw the title belt because it was in the Halliburton briefcase. Fair point. Uh, all right. So then we get uh we get Jean Pierre Lafitte, I mean Nyla Rose backstage with Renee. Uh wearing the TBS title. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Yep. Anna Jay interrupts. She wants Cries to all over Nyla the place. Rampage. Threatens well, to choke everyone. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, so what so Nyla Rose so Nyla Rose is the heel in this, but they're putting a heel against her. Because apparently, like that's the whole thing is now it's they're all just heel gonna, versus heel. Because Jade can't go to face. But apparently, with Jade having the belt stolen, it's it that that is flipping Jade babyface. No, 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 <laughs> no. According to them, no, because she's still a pompous ass. Yeah, but she's she's she she was too no! much of a she was no. too much of a cool heel. No. So now she's a babyface. No. <laughs> Then we got Sheeta and Storm beating Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Terrible. 
looks like they're going to have Sheeta and Storm go one on one eventually. Is my guess, but who knows? Apparently, every everything Tony Storm does is the Storm Zero now because everything she does that's not right. her finisher. Like what? she did a pile driver and Sockface calls it the Storm Zero. I'm like, not even close, dude. Yeah, I I don't fucking know anymore. I was like the I was like the week before this, like she did like a Michinoku driver and you called it the Storm Zero. Like, stop it, fucker. It's very make simple. It, it's a tiger it driver. <laughs> it's it a tiger mind. driver. Unless yes. it's a tiger driver, it's not the Storm Zero. Right. Uh then Butcher and Blade do a pre-tape ahead of their match on Rampage with Mox and Claudio. Why? What? Just dig these fuckers up. They ain't been on TV and fucking got. Uh, when was the last time? Like Toronto, Buffalo, eh, kind of close. I don't know. Eh, nothing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to give you. I don't know what to give you. Allie's from Toronto. That's all I. That's all I know. That's that's the best I can give you. I don't know. That's. I don't know. I have nothing else for you. And plus, once again, it's like you're throwing the world champion into a random-ass throwaway tag match on Rampage. Like, um, why didn't you just make it Claudio and Yuta against Butcher and Blade? What, what's so hard about that? Because he's Booker of the Year. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, the, God. The main events. I, I got a laugh. I listened to a clip this morning, and Cornette's calling the all the, the all Atlantic the A and P title, and I and I kind of dig it. So let me go through this sequence that ended the match. Pac goes ringside to try and confiscate the bell hammer. Mm-hmm. Danhausen curses Pac. Uh huh. Is it Pac or Pack? By the way, because I've heard everybody saying it two ways. Supposedly Pack. Sure, we'll go with Pack then. Okay. So Danhausen's cursing Pack. Pack says "fuck your shit," knocks him out basically. Mm-hmm. Referee Bryce Remsburg confiscates the bell hammer. Sure, okay, good job, whatever. Mm-hmm. But as Bryce is returning the bell hammer to the timekeeper's table, Pack grabs another one under the ring. Because it's just random hammers under the ring. Sure, gets in the ring, but. Pack doesn't get to use it because then Orange knocks him out. Orange then picks up the hammer, but does the babyface thing, doesn't use it, he gives it to Bryce. And it's a pair of orange punches, and Orange becomes the new All Atlantic champion. The sad thing is that the closing sequence wasn't the thing that bothered me the most. <laughs> Which I know what bothered me the most. What? Why does every babyface championship win get confetti? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why? And it's always color-coded confetti, too. Why? Because that's... that's. It's not Nessa. Yeah. That's, that's the way it is. It's not necessary. I'm not gigged, so I wasn't trying to it's go because, for the hangman it's, it's because It's because Co- Tony Khan... Fucking found those confetti canyons at Spirit Halloween and said, I like these. And just has them attached to the fucking ring posts now. So stupid. Those confetti cannons are every indie from four years ago with the fog machines. 
Because they started getting those fog machines that you could stand straight up and put a color thing over it. So when people came through the entrance, there was the fog that would go straight up. Yeah, didn't Dynasty use those too? So when Athena finally wins the TBS title, we're going to give Athena confetti too? She's not going to. But when Jade wins it back, she's going to get silver confetti. No. God, no. Please, no. It's not winning it back. It's her belt. Well, tell that to the security guards on Rampage. Dumbest fucking shit ever. Yes. Yes, it is. Let's get to Rampage. I'm assuming you didn't watch. No, I just read about all the dumb fuckery on it. And then I fought with goblins. So, Moxie and Claudio, as you probably predicted, beat Butcher and Blade. You don't say! Never saw that coming. By the way, what's the biggest attraction related to John Moxley? His entrance? You put him on the show where you delete out entrances. What was the point of it? Because <laughs> it was the opening match, and the opening match is always a cold open right into the bell. <laughs> so what was the point? Dumbass motherfuckers. Um, neither Rose beats Anna Jay in what was probably a, a horrible match, honestly. And then Jade um, tried to take her belt back in security. said, no, you're not allowed. Um, before the match, though, all of JAS was doing a promo in the ring. Boy. Um, and primary to try and explain why Garcia remained with the group instead of joining uh, the Blackpool. Blackpool Cuckold Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got appearance. Dalton Castle and the boys, who I believe are your current Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions, if I remember correctly. Yes, they are. And, well, Dalton uh, Castle is the boys are interchangeable. What do you mean the boys are interchangeable? Because the boys are under contract, so anytime there's a defense of those titles, it could be the same boys or it could be whoever Tony Khan just throws with Dalton Castle as the boys that day. You're joking. No. That was part of that interview I sent you a while back where I was like, Dalton's still on a per diem. I remember their fucking names. Brandon and uh who's the other twin? The fuck's his name? I can't remember his own name, but I don't remember. Really, but they're not they might as they might as well be the Vianos or the Assassins or whatever, because they're interchangeable. Anyways. The Tates. That's who they are, the Tates. Oh, okay, yeah. Um Well, might as well be Sharon Tate because it doesn't matter. Tanya Tate, Sharon Tate, tomato, tomato. You don't know who Tanya Tate is? Go look it up. Um, you don't know who Sharon Tate is? Go look it up. <laughs> so, uh, Dalton comes out. Basically, going along with the whole thing that Jericho's trying to beat every past ROH champion, blah, blah, blah. So, Dalton challenges Jericho for a shot at the Ring of Honor World title. That's what that was about. Yay! Um, And then, after that, wasn't that with Rose... 
and a J horrible match shit. Um, uh, what else you got here? Oh god, they had Vicky Guerrero interacting with 2.0 ringside during the match. Oh, oh god, I don't even want to know what that looked like. Cocaine. Um, then we get Paige versus Cassidy. Would you like to guess who won this match? Ethan Page. That's right. Because God forbid we just scrap this fucking storyline completely like we could. So now nope. Matt Hardy is part of the firm. Yay. So the firm went from possibly having potential to three weeks later becoming this becoming NWO black and white. Yep. Uh, then we get the main event, which is Spears and, the, and FTR against Cage and Gates of Agony. Uh, Spears, let's see. Uh, Spears hits the C4 on Khan, gets the pinfall for the win. And then to end the night, Taven and Bennett arrive with Maria Kanellis. Uh, Maria cuts some shit-tastic promo. And then Taven and Bennett challenge FTR for the Ring of Honor tag titles as they join the embassy to beat down the baby faces. Oh, they joined the embassy too? Oh, Jesus. No, they didn't join the embassy. They, oh. Them and the embassy collectively, oh, collectively. beat down okay. yeah. FTR and Spears until yep. Joe and Wardlow made the save to go off the air. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So let me sidetrack here to an argument I had with the Basement Goblin. Um, so because, um, you know, Bennett and Taven showing up and all this shit because they're like, oh yeah. Cause Bennett got done dirty by WWE and we were, everyone was like, no. And according to this goblin, Bennett only got signed by WWE because they wanted Maria back. And she said, I won't come without Bennett. And then they proceeded to do nothing but screw them for the next three years. And then I popped in and I said, no, 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 no. So number one, since it's been a few years, I can actually expound upon this now. I actually knew before any dirt sheets fucking did that Mike Bennett got signed because I was there literally the day after he got the phone call and he had called Bob Evans and I was talking to Bob and Bob was telling me about how he just got signed. And I was like, you know, that's that's good for him. That's good for Mike and how he was happy as shit. And originally it was just supposed to be Mike. It wasn't supposed to be Mike and Maria. It was just supposed to be Mike. But then basically they were like, well, we could get something out of this. And that was why Mike went straight to the main roster instead of NXT. And in all reality, Mike should have gone to NXT. And then literally two weeks after they, they, they did that, they came back, they, they came in in Survivor Series as Mike and Maria Kanellis was when Mike admitted that he was a fucking pillhead and had to go into rehab. Mm -hmm. So he basically waited until he got signed to let them know that. He didn't like it. And, and so then he went into rehab, which they paid for. And then the second he gets out of rehab, he knocks up Maria. Yep. So then, and then she has the kid and while she's on maternity leave still like, cause the kid, he knocks her up again. So they got to sit there on the take with guaranteed money for basically three years to do nothing. Mm -hmm. So tell me how, again, how WWE fucked them. No, you're right. But good luck explaining to these people who are like, no, because this is documented. I'm like, documented where? Buckle nuts. Speaking of gay basement goblins, 
Let's sidetrack to an AEW-related topic. Please do. So, Ariel Hawani. Oh, yes. Interviewed Tony Khan. I want to say it was... A couple weeks ago. Yeah, I want to say it was... It wasn't the week of when they were in New York City, but it was like... Around there. Around the week after or somewhere. Or it might have been taped the week of Grand Slam, but it wasn't put out there until afterwards. Dude, I freaking... I went from like Ariel's like my Ariel's my people now, man. <laughs> Ariel is your mensch. Good for you. Ariel's a good right. mensch. Yeah. So, um, during the, for those of you who haven't seen this interview, it's on YouTube. It's like an hour, hour and ten minutes long. Feel free to go look it up. It's I've agonizing. Always, <laughs> I, I've been I've been a huge supporter of Ariel Hawani going all the way back to when he was doing stuff for. Uh, MMA. He, was, he was working in Canada and doing MMA coverage for them before he got mm-hmm. his big break with ESPN. Tremendous dude. Um, go go support his work. Um, so he did the interview, and TK was very how should we put this? Um, non-committal, not a, not not committal with a lot of answers, or beat around the bush with a lot of answers. Essentially, mm-hmm. he was not committal or just beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. So Hawani came out. At one point, um, afterwards, I, I don't know if it was the next day or whatever, but on his show, the MMA Hour, he came out and said, uh, and I'm re- and I'm showing a graphic that says this too on the YouTube side, but I'll read it. Uh, on the MMA Hour, Ariel Hawani said that his interview with Tony Khan was one of the most frustrating ones of his career because Tony didn't want to answer anything and also said that WWE is infinitely better than AEW right now. Um, Ariel also said that if you think AEW is better than WWE right now, you're a liar. He also said that the AEW supermarkets are freakazoids who get extremely mad if someone says something slightly negative about AEW or something pro WWE and they need to take a breather. Mm-hmm. Which then was followed <laughs> up with tweets proving his point. Right. So, Errol Hawani posted two, uh, two tweet thread that said the following, quote, You AW Freakazoids are nuts. You're all mad that I said I didn't enjoy one interview yet for the past year, and every time I talk wrestling, I have praised the product, said WWE was stale, blah, blah, blah. Said it on Simmons Pod in July. That's Bill Simmons, by the way. Yeah. My, and he also said it on my show a hundred times, look it up and chill out. If me saying the interview wasn't enjoyable offends you because you liked it, thanks. I appreciate it. If you want to defend the non-answers, most of which have nothing to do with legal stuff, but alas, fine. Who cares? Not sure why you're so mad and comparing this and that. Yeah, and I actually watched like one of the clips where he like went back because it's like they're like, oh, well, you kept asking stuff about the 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 CM Punk thing, which you couldn't answer because of legal stuff. And he's like, I covered that for maybe 45 seconds. And it was an hour-long interview. He said, a lot of the time I asked Tony stuff, I was like, well, how did you feel about this? And how did you feel about this? And Tony was just completely standoffish. It wasn't about factual stuff. It wasn't about stuff that was being handled in legal matter. It was about how Tony, Tony's opinion of stuff. And Tony refused to answer. Let's, just, let's call a spade a spade at this point. All right. Um, we've gotten to a point where... If you're not willing to wax Tony's carrot or the carrots of the guys he cares about most, a like Jericho and the sort, mm-hmm. 
he's not going to be the most straightforward guy in the world with you for an interview. Right. Let's just be frank with that. That's that's the easiest way to surmise it is TK only gives a fuck about those who give a little in return be the best way to put it. Um, and now there's something interesting happening. So oh. Dynamite is live this Tuesday from Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Well, we're getting the uh, Moxley hangman. Yep. Well, where Rampage is going to be Friday. Um. Hey, no, I where? Decided before last event there for 2022. So where would they ever book multiple times over the course of a year? Chicago. No. Think about their other home city. Jacksonville? Yes. Okay. Guess what's going on the day before that in Jacksonville? I have no clue. From AEW's Twitter account about an hour ago. There will be a free meet and greet opportunity in Jacksonville. Would you like to guess who it's with? John Moxley. There's a free meet and greet opportunity in Jacksonville with AEW President, CEO, and GM Tony Khan. This Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, tickets can be purchased at the Daily's Place box office. AEW Rampage ticket is required. gives a fuck? Oh, man. That's like if I offered a meet and greet for fucking people to fucking one of our shows. Like, no one cares. But you gotta buy a ticket to the show in order to get to the meet and greet. Yeah, so it's a free meet and greet, but you gotta buy a ticket to get to the free... Oh, my God. It's not a free meet and greet. Exactly. It is a bonus meet and greet. It is not free. Fuck. Oh, man. Jeez. Oh my God! That that so that's the selling, and you know what that means? That means that they haven't sold fucking tickets for Daily's Place, which is sad because that's right. It's their home. Well, it's because even even like even the tail end of Daily, like when they were still running in Daily's before they went on the road again, they weren't filling Daily's Place. I know. I know. But good luck telling the fucking goblins that they just don't want to fucking and and that's the thing is all of these fucking all these rampage showings coming up where they're shooting where they're, where they're shooting rampage as a separate show are not selling well still. Like I'm waiting for the Mohegan show because that's going to be embarrassing. What's going to be more embarrassing, that or Atlantic City? Where are they doing it in Atlantic? Are they doing Boardwalk Hall? Boardwalk Hall. I think I think Mohegan's going to be more embarrassing because Boardwalk Hall I think is slightly smaller, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is they've run in Boardwalk Hall before. See, this is the thing. Not only is it their first foray into running at Mohegan, but it's also you get rampage. The VIPs. Yeah, true. It's, it's rampant casino VIPs operate. Yeah, not a, yeah, but I mean, like the thing is, like that that arena is that arena is set up for large events, like I know. They run raw there for a reason. You are going to look like sh- it's going to be like those comparisons of those UWF shows that ran in fucking places 
where like fucking Crockett would sell out the place and UWF runs there and there's like 400 people. I know. It's going to be sad. It's going to be real fucking sad. I'll give you another comparison for Mohegan. There's a reason why they have a pro women's basketball team in that arena. Yeah. It doesn't just seat 2,000 people. It seats like, what, 10 to 15 maybe? Uh, Mohegan Arena, I believe, is 12,000. Yeah. Let me let me let me double check. Here. Right in the but, median uh, of what I was thinking. Let, let's let's double check here. Go ahead, take a look. Mohegan Sun Arena capacity. Oh, 10,000. 10,000 flat. Okay, on the low side of what I was thinking. Right. And 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 literally including including StubHub tickets that have been bought. But like, including tickets that have been bought by StubHub, Seeky, yada yada, they've only sold eighteen hundred tickets so far to that. And that and that's, doesn't include they gave away already. Right. Well, the the thing is for 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 um for high rollers at Mohegan, it's usually the first two to five rows. Right. And they'll probably position it to that. That'll be the first two to five rows on hard camp side. Because, I mean, they may offer like front row ringside all around, but maybe only the front row on the the, the two sides. It's going to be bad. It's going to be real fucking bad. And like the radio ain't giving away tickets for that. (laughs) Like every time, every time WWE comes around, Clear Channel's giving out tickets. I know because that's how that's my hookup. But they ain't give. Listen, like listen that that's where my hookup is. So I, I can't poo poo no, him on this. I actually have no problem with Clear Channel because they're the only ones that are saying fuck you to iHeartRadio. That's not a local brand, so yeah. Um anyways, real quick before we dip into WWE, we just want to tell you about our friends over at Mohawk Honda. Temperatures are dropping, leaves are changing, but what never changes is the customer service you can get, high quality customer service you can get over at Mohawk Honda. The 2023s are starting to fly on their lot. Pilots, ridgelines, passports, civics, CRVs coming on the lot. But it's still a tremendous time for you more than ever before to sell your vehicle because like they have all year, going back to their Kelly Blue Book instant cash offers, they are buying cars. In some cases, you may be able to sell your vehicle for more than you paid for it which is just another advantage of dealing with the number one volume dealer in the capital region. Go visit any of the great sales consultants with the team over there, including general manager Greg Johnson. And hey, while you're there, also talk to our boy Scott Moynihan. He brought his 30-plus years of service back to Mohawk Honda. So stop in, say hi to Scott. Welcome him back to the Mohawk Honda family. And get yourself the vehicle that works for your budget, your lifestyle, only the way they can do it over Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, moving on to WWE, let's begin with Monday Night Raw. Let's just be honest with it. Um, between the cold open at the very beginning and the way they closed the show, let's just say it. This has to be the last time they're doing this DX shit. Probably. Just done. Like, no more. No, I think I think that's Hunter saying no more too. I I don't think it's like okay, that's it. Baby goes to sleep. Like we've squoze this as much. I think Hunter's like, you know something? It's it's done. Right. Agreed. Um, 
You've squeezed that cash cow for all of its milk and to the point where now you're squeezing out powder. It's done. Done over. You can I mean, sell we got a couple... shirts and merch. Right, you can sell the merch. National appearances? No. Right. Like, they, 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 I mean, they got a couple of good funny backstage vignettes out of it. I'll give them that. I honestly think that Waltman deserves a solo induction into the Hall of Fame. Because he doesn't have one and he deserves it. Interesting. Okay. And if he does, he would be the only three-time Hall of Famer. Okay. For now. For now, but I mean, think about it. Who else is ever going to get to that stand standpoint? If they decide to induct Evolution as a group. That's the only other one. If they induct Evolution, then Flair would be a three-time. And then Triple H would be a three-timer if they, if, when they do him individually eventually. Right. Still stupid, but whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, just, it's done. It's over. Um. Then we got to the real open of this show with Bloodline. Oh, back it up one second before we oh, get to that. Yeah, so that's cool. Sure. So... Too many wannabe fucking dirt sheets trying to say they were throwing shade at AEW in that opening segment. For what? Because of the part where they go running off to frolic and trips yells at him and goes, hey, no fighting. Fuck off. Exactly. Thank you. I had to sit there going, tell me where in that segment did they mention the words dynamite, elite, fucking con, punk any of nothing nothing was fucking said but all these motherfuckers are like they're throwing shade at aw blah 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 blah. no they fucking didn't at all he's basically just saying that they're children and they shouldn't exactly (sighs) anyways so bloodline it does the actual opening segment roman is a Roman's about to scold Jay, and Sammy decides, you know what? I got this. I got this. Um, because technically, Roman assigned Jay as Sammy's problem since the previous week's SmackDown. So Sammy's like, I got this. I got this. Then Riddle interrupts. Roman says no to facing Riddle again. But then Sammy steps up and says, I got this too. No big deal. Sure. Whatever. Um, Gargano beats Theory. Um, I'm hoping this isn't just a one-off because... Uh, no, did you see the word of what the plan might be for Crown Jewel? Go ahead. Um, Theory putting up the briefcase in a three-way against Gargano and KO. Mm. Mm. I've never been a fan of doing that, but... But sure. then that... But in all honesty, that could be a good thing because that could be the spot because... And it's just too many people that keep bitching about Austin Theory's being buried, blah, 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 blah. This has been the case with the briefcase owner. They need to go, they need to not be on this massive hot wind streak. So when they do the cash in, it's more of a fucking grab. Theory is on TV and he's having fucking and he's having solid matches. He's not getting crushed in 10 seconds every fucking week. Right. And he's not he's not written off like so to so if you put him in this match and then he goes over, that catapults him back up. Because 
I mean, the only other, I mean, they could put the briefcase on Owens in that matter, but I wouldn't do it. And Gargant, I love Johnny, but it's way too early to try something like that. Listen, folks, Austin Theory is not getting the Baron Corbin treatment. Relax. Right. That's all I need to say about that. I mean, he might, and he might eventually lose. He might eventually lose on the cash in. He might. Right. But the ride until then, people need to shut the fuck up. Exactly. Um. Then we get uh, Ray against Chad Gable. Rhea and Dom come to ringside. Ray still gets the win. Fucking blanket. Dom taunts Ray to hit him. Slaps Ray. Ray then fights off Priest and Finn until Dom clotheslines him. Hits the 619. Ray is... Dejected and leaves. Then after the break, Judgment Day cut an in-ring promo. Are you like jiggling keys or something? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure it wasn't something on my end. No, it's me. Um, then AJ interrupts the promo once Finn says his name. AJ references family, hugs Finn. Finn thinks he's talking about him, but no. Uh, Gallows and Anderson show up and we get a six man brawl Judgment Day retreats that's your segment <sighs> I know, I know they better be on a six month contract that's all I'm fucking saying do you really, do you really expect them to be long term no but they, on, in all honesty and like I know Trips only did it because they're, they're someone they could bring in who they could be mechanics for for a couple of fucking tag teams in a, in a time of need where they're rebuilding a tag division mm-hmm. and that they have some name recognition where they can sell some merch alongside AJ. Mm-hmm. But besides there is nothing in them. Nobody fucking wants Gallows and Anderson. Nobody, nobody. No shit. We've already said that. Right. And like, and fucking, and everybody who's going nuts because Anderson is still the never open weight champion. Doesn't, but you can tell that they just fucking found that little fucking snippet. Without actually ever having watched New Japan. Because the never open weight and the never tag be- six man belts are for people who are not currently under contract to New Japan. Right. So that's why he's still apparently New Japan said he's still working a couple of dates up until and including Wrestle Kingdom. So there. Because everyone's like, boo, boo, contract tamper. No, it's not. He's not under contract. The only thing I could see out of this is if they do decide to go this way and they, and they do hold on to them and they fucking want to work out with fucking New Japan, a little bit of shit is, okay, do this shit with the club and fucking Judgment Day for whatever you fucking want. But while you're over there in New Japan and while you're talking to some people, why didn't you bring over these other fucking guys that you can have feud with fucking either the OC or with the bloodline eventually? Just a couple of these guys come on over here because New Japan's not going to pull the trigger on them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you call it you call up this 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 older gentleman that you've employed before and his sons and just have them have them get on a plane and come on over. Just a little bit, just a little bit. You're just begging for G.O.D. to show up. Fuck yes! 
They're not going to pull the trigger on giving Tomatango fucking singles run with the title. Fuck it. The, this Bullet Club shit is fucking old and fucking stale. Bring them over. Give me the fucking G.O.D. versus the Usos. Give me fucking Tama and the G- Give me fucking Tama and, and fucking and, and, and fucking Tagaloa and fucking Hookie Lau and fucking Haku against fucking Roman and the Usos and, and fucking Solo. Give me that shit. I'm not saying I wouldn't like it. I'm just... Tama planted these seeds fucking six fucking years ago. All those promos he was cutting where he was just like, this is your yard? Yeah, you got a yard. I rule the fucking world. Who knows? Who knows? Um, You have a lot of wishful thinking in those ears. Yes, um, I do. But Trips is someone who would actually do it. Then we're going to Bailey pre-tape interview with Byron because Byron's just a fucking cutting-edge journalist. <laughs> um, Dakota and EO, though, they take over and provide all the answers for the short interview. And Sure. Then uh, Roman leaves with Heyman and Solo, tells Jay to hang back and make sure Sammy wins. Okay. And Candice beats Bailey with a counter to the Rose Plant, but then gets jumped by Dakota and Io. Bianca Definitely more to... seeds for war games. Mm-hmm. Then Bianca tries to help and fails. Uh, then we got Miz walking up to talk to Maurice backstage with a QR code in the back of a staffer's hoodie. Yep. She's still doing that shit, apparently. Hell yeah. Um, she gives Miz a wooden baseball bat. Sure. Then we get the actual birthday celebration in the next segment. Uh, he unwraps a pair of big red bouncy balls. Not quite hippity hops like you've seen before, but big. No, they're balls. just massive balls. Massive balls. Uh, then uh, Miz picks a gift to open from the table, lifts the box, and there's Dexter's head in it. Like, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Miz destroys the gifts on the table, but Dexter's gone when he flips it over. Then uh, Dexter, he ends up in the ring trying to choke out Miz. Miz escapes. Uh, Maurice leaves after botching the fuck out of the cake. Out of the cake face plant, yeah. Jesus. And then uh, Dexter pops the big red balls with a cake knife and cuts himself a slice of cake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at least after that, we finally get like we, we get the vignette where Miz and Dexter will have the match and either Dexter's here to stay or Dexter goes away. Correct. Which I believe comes up tonight. Oh, that was actually next because because uh, then they had HBK, Waltman and Dog talking to the two guys who are about to do the job to Omos, trying to pump them up. Yeah. One of them and- was Chico Adams from New York. Yes. I don't know what the other one was. Um, it's funny because I think they got called Joey and Robert when they were introduced, and then yeah, I think I think Gravesland slipped that. Yes, Robert was actually Chico. Yeah, I'm like Jesus, fuck Corey. Yeah. Um, but anyways, after they were talking to the Jobbers, Miz and Maurice interrupted. Uh, Dog then said, "Fuck it, I'm making a match next week. I think I can do that. I think I can do that." Yeah, I'm do that. I just did it. Um. <laughs> 
I mean, so technically, he, yeah. <laughs> he makes a match between Miz and Dexter, where Dexter is gone if he loses, but if he wins, he gets a contract. Sure. Uh, then we get Omos crushing the two jobbers. Uh, Come back with Omos later. Uh, then we get a playback of Bray's return at the end of Extreme Rules. Then we get... We get what nobody wants, except the Saudi prince, apparently. Lashley comes out for his title defense against Seth, but before Seth gets introduced, Brock Lesnar! He says, good evening to Brooklyn, good evening to Bobby, and then F5 German, F5 Kimura. Go to break. Seth comes out after the break. Goats Lashley to still defend the U.S. title, although he's clearly hurt. And Seth becomes the new U.S. champ. And you know something? I understood the execution. The actual match went too long. It should have been two moves. It should have been two moves and pin. Right. Very much like a cash-in almost. Exactly. Both both cash-ins. Exactly. Like, it didn't need the extra. Like, they were still trying to make Lashley look like Superman. And I'm like, no, you don't need to. He's been assaulted. It's okay. Right. But, I mean, the only advantage that we have out of this is, okay, yes, we're getting the Brock Lashley rematch. The only advantage is there's no title attached to it. This is the first time Brock's been in a match without a title attached to it since since he first came back in that match against Cena in 2016. That's how long it's been. After that, every single match Brock has had has had a championship implication. Did he have one match with Cena or two? I'm trying to remember. Maybe two? No, just the one. Okay. Or I think okay, sorry. No, maybe oh, you know, sorry. There might I think no, so the match he had with Orton at that SummerSlam didn't have a title attached to it. Okay. But after that, every match right, had to be part he, of the championship program. Right. That's when he hard way the shit out of Orton. Right. Remember that. That so was... this is the fir- but so th- still this is the first time in over in over five years that mm-hmm. Brock has been in a match that doesn't have a fucking belt attached to it or a stipulation about a belt attached to it. Good. You know how fucking yeah, that, that so you know something go ahead I can just fast forward through that match like obviously like they wanted they they needed a marquee match for fucking Crown Jewel because they know that a lot of people aren't buying Brock versus Logan. Sorry, Roman versus Logan. So we get the Brock Lashley rematch. Yay. And it would have sucked if the U.S. title was it was part of that. Because then the U.S. title would have gotten relegated to the same thing it was when Brock was the fucking heavyweight champion. And it's like, it's never there. Yay. Fuck this. So fine. Let Seth be the fucking heel champion to fucking carry the brand. I'm cool with it. Uh, and then to wrap all that up, Lashley was backstage with Byron and basically said he's going to kick Brock's ass next time he sees him. Sure. Um, then we get... I think that was another Bray thing. Revel in what you are. This is the note yes. Another, yes. Another Bray thing. Yep. Um.
Sorry, I'm just checking something. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we get uh, Elias returning this week. That's right. They need a time to grow back his beard. Yeah. Uh, then so you, they... know, you know what this means? This what? means that Elias is going to come back as a heel to get revenge on KO because KO is baby face now. Oh, can we just end this shit? Not yet. Then they announced Bray's going to be at SmackDown Friday in New Orleans. Well, yes, Pat's Friday. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, then Riddle beats Sami Zayn because Jay says he's got it, bro. You don't need me. He's got it. Yeah. Uh, and then we close the show with the DX reunion, which was just catchphrases and crowd cheers and yeah, basically. And the thing, like, so people complain they're like, they should have had someone come out and beat him down. Why? Like that happens all the time with these legends or unions. So whoa, just leave it alone. Let them that, that this was their, that, in all honesty, this was, this was the curtain call. This was them saying bye-bye mm-hmm. because trips is in the back full time. Sean's booking NXT for better or for worse. Dog is an agent. I'm sure Waltman's going to get an agent job or a producer job out of this. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, that's it. We go out there. We wear a little hat and bye-bye. Hey, Tom Hanks from League of Their Own. Exactly. I go out That's how there, it's done. Weigh my little hat, and I did that. So what do I get paid? Exactly. Um. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to NXT. Braun wins over Bern- Javi. Uh, hot, uh, hot bot Javi. Big body Javi. Yeah, sure, whatever. There was a, there was a note that I had when watching that because like he just seems because Javier Burnell just seems so worthless already. No oh, shit. you know who you know you know what Javier Burnell is? Oh, he's Kona Reeves. Yeah, okay. just worthless. Yeah, worthless trying to act like there's something. Yep, Kona Reeves. Uh, then McDonough gets in the ring after doing commentary for the match. Then Ilya joins in. Accidentally hits Braun with the running headbutt thingy he does. Yeah. That comes back later on. Uh-huh. Uh Alba Fire pre-team about Toxic Attraction. Frazier beats Axiom, and now he's in the North American title ladder match. So that was a solid match. Um definitely, you know, smart doing that quick finish, you know, because mm-hmm. it still leaves it up in the air. I honestly thought this match would have gone to a time limit draw, and then both of them ended up in the ladder match. So you have a six man instead of a five man. Yeah. Um, but I mean it's you know, it it, it, it was all right. Uh Axiom's definitely coming into his own as a character, you know, mm-hmm. outside of being a kid. Um and I think they just lift it like this so they could revisit it if something happens like Frazier actually winning the North American title. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh then we got Ilya who's in the parking lot being interviewed by McKenzie. Seems like he's leaving. Waller interrupts and convinces Ilya not to leave. And then they have to face each other later in the night. <laughs> Why are you wearing your grandmother's sunglasses? I don't know. That uh, was the good line out of that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, then we got a vignette for Apollo. Then we got Indy Hartwell against Valentina Feroz and Sangha's ringside for Valentina. Uh-huh. Then Bir Mahan walks out and mm-hmm. whispers something lovingly into the ear of Sangha. And Sangha decides to leave ringside in the middle of the match. Sure. I mean, there I mean. was no reason for Sangha to be out there anyways, other than because she asked him to be there. Right. 
But like, so is India heel now? I mean, we were kind of thinking she joined Damage Control, so maybe. Oh, were we thinking that? I mean, wasn't that one of the options we put out there for building war games? No, I put out India as an option of coming up with Dexter so we could do It Couple versus Index. Well, yeah, but I th- I think one of us also mentioned it being a potential for her to join Damage Control for the War Games match. Nah. Okay. I wouldn't put her on the- You know what they should do is they should bring back, they should fucking, Trips need- if Trips is going around writing these wrongs, bring back Persia Parada. Okay. Put them back together. Um. Fair. Uh, then we get pretty deadly cut a promo on the perch, whatever the fuck that's called. Uh, birds, crow's I don't nest. know what it is. Crow's nest. Sure, sure. And then, uh, then we have the tag title contenders match later on, which we'll get to in a second. Corey Jade was backstage with McKenzie. Um, oh, they were talking about the whole Roxanne going to SmackDown thing, and Corey Jade's like, "Fuck this," so because they're going to pick your poison, basically. Right. Then I get Blayton and Nofate beating the Dyad and Briggs and Jensen to become no more contenders to the tag titles. That was different. Grimes. Grimes inserted himself behind the referee's back, costing the Dyad the match. It was. Uh, we, I don't know if Blayton and Nofate are ready for that spot quite yet. I mean, they've definitely been improving. They need the some. They, yeah, they're not one of the belts. They need something more. They need matching gear and they need like a team name. But I mean, like, and uh, honestly, like, Nofate, I see a ton of potential in. Blade is, he's he's slightly growing on me. He's better now than he was. Like, he's not Leon Ruff status anymore. Right. Right. I agree. Uh, then we get uh, JC and Gigi backstage with McKenzie before Alba Fire beats JC Jane. And then Ugh. as Alba's leaving, Sonya Deville's in the crowd and comes out and beats up Alba Fire after the match. Yay. Uh, then so it's going to be fire versus fire because Sonya was the fire and fire and desire. Anyways, <laughs> uh, you got to fight get... fire with fire. Yeah, yeah, sure. Then we get schism with a parking lot promo on Grimes after they kicked the to kick the cameraman in the dick. Yeah, in the dick. Uh, then we had Zoe Nikita with a pre-tape. Um, then Hank and Quincy hanging out with security because fuck it, why not? Um, Wesley beats Stacks, but then gets jumped by Carmelo and Trick. Then Oral Mensa comes out to even up the odds and clear out Melo and Trick and Stacks. Wesley has gotten in tremendous shape. He's been in tremendous shape. He he was in good shape before, but now he's like seriously cut. And in all honesty, true, but you know something, if if this attempt to keep him as a singles guy right now doesn't work out, putting him and Oro Mensa together could be good. Could be. They seem like they could vibe with each other. I could see that. Yeah. Then we get Sonya with a backstage interview with Mackenzie, which basically set up Sonya Deville versus Alba Fire this week on NXT. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get the Creeds and Ivy. Jesus Christ, this, this made me want to puke. The Creeds and Ivy Nile visiting Roddy at the hospital. Win one for Terrible. Roddy. Fuck off. Um, Win one for the Gipper. Yeah, basically. Uh, then we get uh, Robert Stone interrupting the start of the Tia Hale-Kiana James match. 
Stone is up getting back body dropped by Tia and then kicked out of the ring. Then Kiana hits the finisher on Thea and wins. So basically, it's a 90 second segment. Sure. Uh, then Stacks is backstage and Tony D walks in with his crutch. And yeah, he says, Injured. Fight, yeah, you're going to fight somebody that I fucking deem should be facing you. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, then we get Stone and Von Wagner backstage, basically saying Von Von basically saying you're not gonna fuck up my shot at the title. Stone trying to be MJF, terrible. <clears throat> then we get Grimes backstage, McKenzie talking about schism, the six man tag, and he's got female enough friends here, but he's got friends in other places. Basically, yeah. Uh, then we end the night with Ilya beating Waller, but then Braun comes out and spears Ilya at the end of the night to make up for the the. The shit that happened at the start of the show. Yeah. Now for the part that I don't think is going to make you happy. Okay. There were two people backstage at house shows over the weekend in Florida for NXT. Would you like to know those two names, sir? Sure. One I think you're going to be okay with. Mm -hmm. Not thrilled, but you'll be okay with. Mm -hmm. That would be Anthony Green. He's been skulking around and basically he's he was there as a favorite of biff i know that would you like to know the other name uh no clue take wild guess he's i'll give you a hint he's been a product of my ridicule a lot lately Bobby fish nothing's gonna come of that he, Bobby Fish is kissing ass to try to get a coaching job there because he knows he's not going to ever be on the main roster. No! You don't say. Fucking Bobby Fish. And honestly, Anthony Green was probably there also just to talk to Gabe because Gabe has been put back in the role of scouting indie talent. And Green is basically like, one of Drew Cordero's best buddies. So, like, if you want to go look for indie guys that go work for nothing, thinking they'll get exposure, they fucking show up for fucking Beyond and for fucking Wrestling Open, which Green is always at. So, I'm guessing that was that. Um, and before we get to SmackDown, one of uh, two other things, quick. One, uh, Vincent and Dutch were back yeah. to roll last week. Yeah. Um. So, hold on. Vinny! 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 Vinny Marsalia. What's happening, bud? Um, so, Bill Carr um, it was in the was, system at one point a while ago. Oh, yeah, he was under when Dusty was still running it. Correct. Because that was actually when he was originally Dutch. Yes. That was his name. That was his name in Florida Championship. Correct. Um, but and I remember hearing from Bill Carr about the time Dusty had to release him, and they would sit there. He's like, "You're gonna do a lot in this world, baby. It's just you're not gonna be doing a lot here." And he like tried to let him down the easiest way possible. Um, and the thing is, Bill has grown a lot in character development since back then. But that was also that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Like Bill's not a spring chicken. I love Bill Carr, but he's not a spring chicken. Um, Vinny, I I think they might have just. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see them. I don't see them being signed. I could see them doing some stuff like helping out down at the PC, 
maybe work in some spot shows. I don't see them getting signed. Aren't they also friends with Biff as well? Not so much. No? Okay. No, because Vinny was Vinny was a mask guy and he was well, you, Vinny was part of the mask group that uh, weren't taken seriously for a while because Vin there was a long time Vinny Marsalia was the punchline to a lot of jokes in this area for a long, long, long time hmm. before Vinny actually became who he is now. Because Vinny was the guy that used to wrestle under the name Nero because he wanted to be Jeff Hardy and he literally got all of Randy Orton's original tattoos. Like you can't, they're all covered up now, but he had the original couple of Randy Orton tattoos and would work like Orton doing the, the back for the side backbreaker and the RKO and the overdrive and all that shit. Like he was, he was the brunt of a lot of jokes. Um, but Vinny obviously matured, but I just, I, it's, you know, I mean, and that was back, you know, that was back in 09. So it's, you know, it's 13 years later. Like if Vinny would have been signed, the ship sailed. Okay. Then like, it's nothing against either guy. Like, it's, you know, but I just, I don't see them fitting into the mold right now. And then there was the guy that uh, had rumored interest in him. Not so sure about that anymore after what he did on Friday. Bleh! Um. Would you like to address that at all? Oh, how Meltzer said Matt Taven was going to get signed, and then he showed up on Rampage? Mm-hmm. Literally, so it, it happened. It aired on Friday, but literally he said Taven was getting signed on Tuesday, and then they taped Rampage on Wednesday. And there... Yeah. <laughs> like, you fucking... I remember post, I was just like, remember a whole four days ago when Meltzer said WWE was signing him? Good times. Yeah, we never said Meltzer was the brightest bulb in the in the in the box. So SmackDown. I uh... see I so I, I had a prior engagement Friday night, so the only part of SmackDown I saw was the break room at the end. So I know some stuff that happened, but I'm gonna need a refresher. So they did a cold open for SmackDown where they showed Scarlett and Cross apparently in a car accident back in the, in the parking lot. That's right. Old school Memphis style. Like, you know something? I am for this because it keeps Cross out of the ring and it keeps an allure around him to keep him as an attraction. So you know about Drew jumping him. I just know that he said he was in a car accident. Oh, Drew jumped him in the parking lot while. So, so Cross. All right. So Cross and Scarlet were in a car accident. Yeah. Cross was selling it, standing yeah. outside the car. Yeah. And then here comes Drew running from the arena out into the parking lot and he jumps Cross mm -hmm. at the crash site. Mm -hmm. And then officials 
force Drew off. Right. But so this will keep this will keep Cross away from the ring while he's rehabbing the car injuries. So that way the Drew the next Drew Cross match. Survivor series. Right, exactly. They can hold it off past Crown Jewel and hold it off until the end of November. That's and that's what I'm saying. It keeps Cross as an attraction. In the Saudi meeting, like, don't need that shit. Instead of giving him squash matches for the next eight weeks until the rematch with Drew. Then we get to the official opening of the show. Sammy tells Solo to hang back as Jay's going to come ringside. And Sammy ends up beating Kofi with the assist from Jay. And it almost seems like Jay and Sammy are now kind of getting on the same page a little bit, maybe. For now? Hmm. He does some shit. Then we go backstage. Rey Mysterio tells Hunter that he quits. Hunter says he just wants five minutes in his office with Ray to find another way, quote unquote. And they go in the office, and that's the end of that segment. We'll get more to that later. Mm-hmm. Then we get Roxanne Shotzi and Raquel backstage in a locker room. Roxanne names Raquel her choice for Corey Jade's opponent this Tuesday on NXT. Then damage control interrupts, and Bailey says some shit about Roxanne needing to get into gear. So obviously, they're wrestling later. Mm-hmm. Then we get Braun smashing two dudes named James Maverick and Brian Thomas. God bless their souls. All while Omos and MVP come to ringside during the match for a better view. And then MVP basically, in so many words, was challenging Braun to face Omos at some point. Gradual. Which means, apparently, <laughs> by the way, the news is now Omos and MVP have been moved to SmackDown. I don't know how true that is, but that's the conjecture being thrown out there. Whatever. Um, also, um, well, we'll get to that later. Um, then we get a backstage segment with Sammy, Jay, and Solo Sokoa, where Jay's trying to be like, hey, Solo, did you see what I did out there? And Solo's like, I was too busy watching Sammy. Just usual funny shit between the three of them. Yeah. Uh, then LA Knight beats Monstor, cuts a promo. Yeah, he goes babyface and then heel. Yes. Then damage control beats Roxanne, Raquel, and Shotzi in a six-woman tag. Kind of botch a little bit at the end with the the pinfall from Bailey and Roxanne, but all in all, Roxanne put on a good show. I thought. Apparently, they're already talking about bringing Roxanne up to the main roster after Halloween this. Havoc done. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then we get another Viking Raiders vignette with uh, Sarah, Sarah Logan. Logan. Uh, then we get Joaquin and Cruz del Toro beating Hit Row in tag action. Um, by the way, uh, direct report that came out after our show last week when we had already talked about Zelina Vega being with Logato instead of Electra Lopez. Uh, the uh, apparent reason behind it is they, they wanted somebody who could actually wrestle beef. <laughs> Gee, so did why, I not call it? That's why Electra didn't get called up, which I mean, I'm we knew we knew that. Right. Which is but, hilarious how we knew that because it's common sense, but Meltzer sat there and went, Yeah, no one knows why they switched him. People with a brain knew, Dave. Yeah. Uh then we get Sonya Deville in a backstage interview with Kayla. Liv more can attack Sonya after her comments, because Sonya was belittling Liv, I guess. Uh, uh apparently Liv is just gonna do sentons through tables on everyone now. Ugh. Because um, apparently there was just a random table backstage next to the backstage interview area. 
So beat up Sonya, beat up Sonya, beat up Sonya, lay her on the table, climb up the rigging attached to the backstage interview set, sent on. Sure. Um, and then we get in the, the main event match of the show, Ray replaces Cross in the Fatal 4-Way mm-hmm. and ends up winning it to become the one contender for the Intercontinental title. Did I send you that meme this morning? This morning, let me double check. Hang on, don't go anywhere. Uh, no, you sent me a picture. One of second, I'll send it to you right now. Um, so basically, now it looks like Ray is gonna be a permanently on Raw from the sounds of it. You mean SmackDown? I mean, SmackDown, excuse me. Um, that's the only that's the only bad part about this <laughs> meme. <laughs> I, had, yes, I, had, I had seen that before. Um, so my assumption would be, and I'm sure it's your assumption too. Mm-hmm. This is just for them to let the Dominic shit breathe and to set up Ray and Dom probably for WrestleMania. Or get rid of Dom in the interim completely because he's th- that kid has been associated with Ray either tagging with or against since he fucking came in. And that kid needs that kid can't swim on his own, but they're going to have to fucking do it. And this is this is basically trips me at like okay, we've got this kid with the biggest heel group on the uh, on the fucking brand right now. Let's fucking see if he can actually do shit without his daddy around. And he's gonna fail, and he's gonna get released. Like there's no money in a Ray versus Dom match. I'm sorry, you know why? Because there's no money in Dominic Mysterio. There never has been. We know that. Right, and Trips knows that, but Trips has to go forward and show. That there is no money in him. And then we can send Dom back to Neverland. Um, Blanket. Thank you. Uh, then we close the show with Bray making an appearance where it was much more Wyndham Rotunda than it was Bray Wyatt in his promo. Yes. Um, so then we get, and then it gets cut off at the end by the fuzzy TV kind of shit they've been doing with the mat, the face of the mask that Bray had worn out at Extreme Rules. So. This is the theory I'm going to propose to you. Okay? Are you ready for this? Sure. Because when this initially happened, to end the show, I was a little confused. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of thinking. Okay. A lot of internal reflection. I came to a conclusion. Yeah. Because of how psychotic the mind is of one Wyndham Rotunda. Mm-hmm. I believe we are going into a schizophrenic phase of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's a given. We are getting into, um, like the the thing was back in the day, the three faces of Foley. Right. You're about to get the six faces of Bray Wyatt, which I called. You're going to get a bunch of split personalities that just come out whenever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, across. It's th- this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a mixture of the faces of Foley and the loose cannon. Yeah. And this is what, like, so literally the day after the Bray fucking after uh, the day after raw people released all this shit. That's bullshit. Number one, Bo Dallas has not been re-signed. Bo Dallas is retired. Just because Bo is dating Liv Morgan and they own a realty company together doesn't mean shit. Bo Dallas is not coming back. 
And mind you, remember, I, I sent you the thing and I said, there is no Wyatt Six fucking stable. I said, this is the sixth inception of Bray Wyatt. And I listed them. And then people are like trying to act like they're waxing philosophical. Be like, oh my God, it's going to be six different personalities. And everyone represents like Huskus the pig is when he was Husky Harris. And Mercy the buzzard was when he was. I was like, motherfucker, that's what I just wrote. I called this before all you dumb motherfuckers. This is literally the sixth inception of this character. That's all it is. Because he was using the name Wyatt Six on Twitter months before he got signed again. Because he knew when he came back, it was going to be the sixth version of himself. You deserve to sip that Dr. Pepper after saying that. Thank you. Just, it's fucking insane how people think that pe- people think that they that they're that, like they they've cracked the code of booking a character. No, the shit was already there. It's like coming along on a five thousand piece puzzle when there's one piece left. Going, look, I finished this puzzle in ten seconds. Anyways, um, as far as programming is concerned for this week, Raw tonight, Brock will be on the show. Yay. Uh, Seth Rollins is defending the U.S. title. No announcement on who that's going to be against yet. Maybe we'll bring back the open challenge. Uh, we already mentioned the Dexter Loomis Miz match. Mm-hmm. Uh, also announced Elias' return. Mm-hmm. And apparently Gallows and Anderson will face the Alpha Academy in tag action tonight. <sighs> um, so that's that. Also, rumor and conjecture, according to PW Insider, that there was talk at SmackDown this past week about JBL being at the next several Raws in some capacity. Okay. Including tonight's Raw. Okay. Um... Not sure why. Not sure if it's a commentary thing. Not sure if it's to follow up on his suggestion within the last month that he'd be a manager for Baron Corbin. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be a backstage agent. Yeah, could be a number of things. Uh, Halloween Havoc is this coming Saturday, as was mentioned before. Real quick, here's the card as of now. Mandy Rose against Alba Fire for the NXT Women's title. Um, Sure. Whatever. Uh, you know something since since they changed Kaylee Ray over into the new character, she's grown on me a little bit. Little bit. Little bit. Um they haven't booked anything for the women's tag title, so I'm not sure if they're gonna do that match at Halloween Havoc or if they're just saving it for a TV TV. I don't know. TV. But it's not on the card. Or so- no. No, the um that um the ass bitch and and Zoe are the fucking contenders. Yeah, but they haven't announced. I, I'm I'm not sure if the match is going to be on TV or Halloween Havoc is what I'm saying. Oh, I thought they had announced it for Halloween Havoc. I guess they haven't. On the official card, I'll double check. But anyways, uh, next ma- uh, match on the card, I see, uh, Cruz versus Waller in what's actually a second spin the wheel make the deal match on the card. Um, although the stipulation has not been picked yet, my assumption is they'll actually spin the wheel at the fucking show for a change. Or they'll have a ghost spin it like they did on Tuesday. 
Right. Um, then we have. Just double checking, by the way, make sure. Yeah, there's no there's no listing of oh, okay. tag titles on the show. All right. Um, then we got Julius Creed against Damon Kemp in an ambulance match where Julius loses, Brutus Creed leaves NXT. Uh, Roxanne Perez against Cora Jade and their spin the wheel make the deal match, which has been labeled a weapons wild match already. Yep. Um, then we have the five way for the vacant NXT North American title Carmelo, Oro Mensa, Wesley, Von Wagner, Nathan Frazier. And then I'm assuming, by the way, that's probably going to open the show because they always seem to do that with the yeah. lighter matches. Yeah. And then the main event will be the triple threat for the NXT title, Braun defending against Ilya and JD. If Ilya doesn't win, we riot. Um, at least that's my opinion. But the only thing that I can see happening is, and this is like, it's the it, the writing is there, and I don't understand. Like, I know Sean is a shitty booker, but like the writing is there to do it, unless you plan on putting the North American title back on Carmelo again. Which is fine, except Mello needs to be elevated more. Unless you do that, you need to put Mello in there against fucking Braun to have Mello be the guy that takes the title off him. Either that, or you put Mello up on the main roster because the kid's ready. I know. Like, there's um, like, and Braun Breaker's gonna fucking sink, and he's gonna he's gonna sink to the fucking bottom when he goes to the main roster eventually because he's just not fucking ready. No matter what anyone says, he's a fucking meathead who cuts fucking in, incomparable fucking promos, and he he doesn't know he only knows how to work fucking squash matches. I mean, have you met his family? But you see, that's the thing. Like Rick, would, Rick, Rick could actually, Rick actually work. Doing, yeah, Scott was hurting people left and right, but Rick could actually work. Right. I'm just kidding. Um. Two quick reports I had to mention quick, by the way. Uh, number one, Rhea Ripley made her return to in-ring action during house shows over the weekend in mixed Good. tag action. Good. So step-by-step, step, we're getting there. Yeah. To uh, maybe getting the title match she earned and never got. Right. Uh, also, um, Hunter will not be at Raw tonight. Tested positive for COVID. Oh, fuck. I wonder if he's going to be zooming in. Possible. Zooming in on Gorilla. I would assume depend on how he's feeling. Yeah. Because given his condition, I don't know how much that would kick his ass. I mean, so, like, depends if he if he just stays calm all day and just chill. Oh, I agree. Day. I agree. Just saying. You know. You know. Um, oh, did you did you? Uh, did you see uh, how uh, Briggs and Jensen were uh, brought up for main event? I did hear about that. Yes. Yeah. That they might be getting there. I don't know. I think I think Jensen needs a little bit more polishing. And they I saw honestly, Mello do a match with uh, Cedric Alexander, didn't they? Yes. Yes. I think when they eventually bring them up, I think they need a slight bit of repackaging. A little less, like they can keep them as like ass kickers. I would steer a little bit away from the country a little more. And also, like, just pull the trigger and change the kid's name and call him Brooks Buchanan. And by the way, um, Grimes is going to be there tonight for main event tapings. Right. Because he's because they already have him there to find uh, tag partners Partners. for Tuesday. Uh, Report came out last week, late last week. Day one canceled. Yep. 
Um, so there's going to be no premium live event between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. I'm all for it. And there's also discussion of more changes coming to the P- the PLE schedule for 2023, mm-hmm. including the potential for disbanding all gimmick-themed shows and instead going back to just making those matches that were the shows were named after being more specialty. Like I'm for it. So like no more Hell in a Cell, no more extreme rules uh, TLC no right. more um, money in the bank um that's I don't that's, know if they're going to get I, rid know, of money I, don't, in the bank. I think money in the bank is a stretch but um so yeah no hell in a cell no extreme rules no TLC right um I wonder if they'll do that with Elimination Chamber as well. No, because the last couple of years they haven't been naming the pay-per-view Elimination Chamber. They've just been putting a chamber match on the gotcha. show. Um, I don't mind that. I actually prefer that, to be quite honest. So I'm yeah. cool with those changes if they end up pulling the trigger on those. Right. And apparently they also want to look at, because how well Clash of the Castle did, they want to do more international PLEs. Right. Like, besides Saudi, like, obviously go back to the UK, but actually try doing ones in, like, like a different part of Europe or, like, even maybe even Japan. Like, see how it goes. I mean, they did well, like, it's been a while, but remember back when they did Beast in the East? And it was like a, it was basically like... The Japan show, right. It was a Japan show that was mostly main roster shit, except for they threw on the, the NXT title match with Balor and with Owens. And, yes, yes. Like, they could, they, they obviously can do well in Japan, I think, they, if they tried something like that. Yeah. One more WWE-related note before we get to the final, at least one final thing I know you want to talk about. Yeah. Um... Jimmy Smith. Uh, yeah. This past week took a shot at the entire WWE roster on his MMA on Sirius XM show saying, quote, the WWE behind the scenes is more CM Punk than Brock Lesnar. Does this guy look like he can fight? That is what the WWE is about. Roman Reigns can't fight. He looks like he can fight. He's just a big muscular dude. Daniel Cormier does not look like he can fight. You put Cormier next to Brock Lesnar, and it looks like a man and a kid, and WWE is all about that stuff. Associated with this, Jimmy Smith has a new Ben and Jerry's flavor coming out. It's called Sour Grapes. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's pretty much all I'm going to put it as. Could have left well alone enough, dude. Yep. Bridge burnt, officially. Yep. Um. Before so before we, we, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, no, go, no. So <laughs> before before the bit that I that we were gonna go over that, I, I had a thought, like I had a flashback. Um, the whole thing with uh, Pack and Cassidy and the the all oh, Atlantic God, title. The, the every ocean um, is the Atlantic Ocean. Every title. ocean is the Atlantic. The A and P title. Um. It just goes to like, cause everyone's like, you know, cause, cause, you know, it's yeah. They gave the mascot a title and everything. And you know something? Yeah. Um, it's dumb, but at the same time at a company where everyone has a fucking title, it really doesn't fucking matter. And it got me to think of it because especially because of the fact that Tony Khan just keeps introducing belts whenever the fuck he wants. And it just like, I, I, I came up with a comparison of sitting there. I went, wow, the all Atlantic title is the RPW Caribbean Championship. You're an ass. Jesus Christ. 
So for those who are not familiar, God, one, one, of, one of the companies that uh, myself, oh. and, myself and Brian originally worked for was Revival Pro Wrestling. Um, this was a company where a lot of kowtowing was done with Kevin Landry's Pro Wrestling Combine, um, the school that he has in Massachusetts. Basically, it was we give a whole lot to using his students and featuring them and everything. And we got the ring for free out of it. By um, the way, I never did anything with RPW. You, you didn't. I might've helped with one show. I go. Cause here's the thing. So I was helped with NEFW. Eric passes away. It becomes RPW. No, 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 no. It became RPW when Camaro split from him. All right. I only was That's when you were there. Yeah. I was only there for one show when it was under the RPW banner. Really? I thought you yes. were. I thought. See, I thought it you would the, come in. Wow. Okay. It was the show where. Uh, okay. I remember it. It was the show where. So. I think I'm setting this up correctly. I could be wrong. So basically, it was the show before. They did the event where they had um, fucking Mancini and Envy do the boxing match. Okay. It was a show to set that up. Okay, so it was the Christmas show. Yeah. With the War Games match. Yes. Yes. So, um, they had already changed direction at that point because I had already been shit... The, I have, so actually, it was still NEFW at that point. So you actually weren't around for after the changeover when Camaro and Brian, uh, when, when Camaro and Eric officially parted ways. No. Wow. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize that. Because what happened was by that point, if I remember correctly, they basically were putting um, Randy Guerrero, I want to say was the name. <sighs> They were making him the GM character. He didn't even get made the GM, but he beca- he became one of the fucking bookers, which was fucking ass in an ass basket. What does it, does this sound incorrect though? What I'm laying out? Yes, yes. And so they did this segment with Envy and Mancini. Yep. And then, for whatever reason, I came out during the segment. I don't remember what it was. Um, I just remember that. At the end of the segment, I was trying to hold off Envy from Mancini and Envy punch me. That's the only thing I remember. Really yeah, during that whole thing. segment. Yeah, during all that. Because that was when it was supposed to be the big, like, we're going to get so much more viewers because Mancini does the celebrity boxing bullshit and Envy was still doing the reality TV shit. And they so. put that, what, then they put that in like, uh, what was it, Springfield? Yes. They, it was like the Elks Lodge or some Knight, shit? Knights of Columbus. Yeah, that was a, that was the show I went back to commentary because I'm I actually, had, I had turned actually, on my stable. I might actually still have. Yeah, yeah, I I think I still have a picture from that show from the end of the night because that was basically the show. I actually I think it was technically the story was I was on the way out. Randy was on the way in as the GM. Yeah, which um, Randy never became the GM, but Randy sure as hell yeah, fucking don't, kept don't putting fucking in his god awful ideas. Yeah, don't don't fucking tell me about it. But I'm trying to remember. I know I. I'm well, no, sure because Randy that. Randy edged me out, which was the fucked up thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I know. I still have. Hang on, I'm gonna try to find it real quick. But uh, 
But anyways, so, well, so the, the about yeah. the title. So anyways, what had happened was before before the company had changed names, it was basically like this was a company where, well, first off, we did a brand split because originally it was supposed to be NEFW ran in Mass and NEFW Revolution ran in Connecticut. Correct. And that was why the Waterbury show, we actually had the tournament and we crowned Bobby Ocean as the NEFW Revolutionary or Revolution Champion. And that was supposed to be, that title was only supposed to be defended in Connecticut. Fast forward to two months later, it's getting defended on that show in Springfield for no reason with no build. <laughs> so, because Eric and me is booking over using my ideas. Um, but anyways, this was a company where like all the, there were, there we, we had too many titles because what we had, we had the, the heavyweight title. We had the U.S. title, which was basically featured more than the heavyweight title. Because that was the one that JT Dunn held. That was so that was basically the indie darling title, is what I like to call it. Because it was JT Dunn versus whatever indie darling we brought we brought in to face him. Um, there was the no limits title, which was the spot monkey title, which never had any rhyme nor reason to it because literally we had a whole bunch of matches of the no limits division. But then when we actually had the match for the title, it featured three guys, two of which had never actually appeared in NEFW before, but were getting a shot at this newly made title. Because that makes sense. Right. Okay. So I'm going to have to slightly correct myself because I don't know where this is from. Okay. So I just found two pictures of myself from a show after. Th so the show that we were just discussing the Mancini stuff and shit. Uh -huh. That was December 2013. It was the Christmas show. Yep. And then the KFC well, I was right was about that segment. Yep. I was correct about that segment. But I did make one appearance at, in an RPW show, apparently. Um, I'm trying to get this photo to save because I really need I really need you to see this fucking photo. Actually, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a picture of it with my phone and hold up to the uh the screen so you can see it because mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot of interesting stuff in this picture. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. So you see the RPW logo in yep. here in the background. Mm -hmm. and then there's your best friend referee. <sighs> then that's me right there in the blazer with the microphone pointing and yelling. Right. I don't know. I the thing is, I can't remember this segment specifically. Oh, I think I remember what it was. I'll tell you in a second what it was. There's Fenris Fortune. Yep. There's uh oh god, I keep forgetting his name. The ring announcer. Um GK? Not, not yes, Durant. Yep. yep. But take a notice from Patty Mac's picture here. Look real close. Is that me? No. So some chick had been knocked out in the ring at some point during this segment. And Patty's picture angle, bless her soul. You can clearly see the panties poking out of the pants on this chick. <laughs> take a look. See that? Yep. 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 Oh, God bless Patty. 
But I no, now I, now I remember the segment for that show. Yep. I think it was when um, I don't know if this was actually the the angle. I think it was Randy was going rogue. Yeah, some shit like that. And like, cause it was him. Cause I want to say Randy was in the role, and then he had an assistant that was a female. Yes. I want to say he knocked out the female, and that caused me to come out as the former GM. And yeah, because because shit. the chick was Davian. Oh, for real? And Envy was supposed to give her a Canadian destroyer, and he didn't pick her up, so he just fucking dropped her. That's right. Oh, shit, that's that right. That was Davian. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that was Davian, though. Yeah. That was when she was first starting. Girls come a long way. Wow. That was, that was, that was, uh, August of 2014, apparently. Yes. Yes. Yep. Cause that was when, that was when Envy was in the, that was when Envy was feuding for trying to get the U.S. title from JT Dunn. And they did a whole bunch of fuckery bullshit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Cause it was supposed to lead oh, up. Cause to... he was under the mask and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. As Elucha and all that shit. Yeah. <sighs> and, oh, it was supposed, it was supposed to eventually lead up to a ladder match for the two U S titles. A la fucking Sean and razor. And that right. match never happened. Because can't why. it's because Eric died and then Beth took over and the whole company went to shit. But anyways, so yeah, so getting back to too many titles. So heavyweight title, US title, spot monkey title, the revolution title, which then once it became RPW was basically defunct. So they remade that. So they just used that same belt and introduced it as a hardcore title at the next Christmas show in a Gaga bullshit fucking match where I came out and started hitting people like whack-a-mole for the fuck of it. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing a clip of that. Yes. Yep. Because I was, I, because I fucking came up and Eric literally had nothing for me on the show. And that was when Guerrero had fucking edged me out of fucking the booking meetings. And I was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Cause obviously nobody here has any control of anything. So I literally just called my own shit. And when I, I didn't give a fuck, I was like, what are you going to do? Fire me. But so, so we had all these belts. And so then what happened was getting back to Kevin Landry school, what happened was they were cleaning up the fucking school, or I think it was when they were in the process of moving the location and fucking one of the students found this fucking plastic fucking boxing title belt that had like the Velcro on the back. And it just, it was a very nondescript fucking looking like medallion and shit. And so Eric just said, well, fuck it. That's going to be the RPW Caribbean Championship. And we had an 80s theme show and there was an 80s gimmick battle royal where everyone was dressed as a fucking 80s character, like cartoon or otherwise. And fucking Izzy, fucking Isaiah Rex fucking won the battle royal as Cobra Commander, even though all he did was have this blue ghetto-ass SWAT helmet on and his like t-shirt and regular gear. And he became the RPW Caribbean champion. And then like it got defended once at a fundraiser we did in Holyoke where he defended it against five-star Jace. It was literally like, here's the belt for all the Landry students so we can shut them up. And it was a nothing title. And that's what the All-Atlantic title is. If I remember, I'm trying to think. 
Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. Grasa. Mike Grasa, yep. I want to say he held at one point. No, he held the No Limits title. Oh. He held the Spot Monkey belt. Yeah, that's right. I remember when the belt first introduced it, Eric was like, because because at the time that was when TNA had made the exhibition title, it could only be defined defended in three ways. So Eric said that the No Limits title was always going to be a four way match. It always No Limits title matches always had to be four ways. Oh, yeah. And I went, no, that's fucking stupid. <sighs> Anyways, now we're taking you know, trip down memory lane. <laughs> Of course, the the final No Limits champion was Shady. Anyways. Because when I think of Spot Monkeys, however, the person Shady defeated for that title. Wait, 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 wait. It was in a ladder match. I know. That's three why I'm people thinking. people in attendance. show I was at. Hang on. Took place in Palmer, Mass in a rectory. Yes, I was there. Um, Repaid. He was getting the shit beat out of him, too. I'm drawing a blank. I'm really... Because I remember Mooch and Sweet were tag champs? That was when they won the tag belts. That was when they won the tag belts. It was the same show. Uh, yes, it was. Oh, I'm trying a goddamn blank. Um, I want to say it was a big dude, and I can't remember who it yep. was. I, I don't know. Poke me up. It was Jim Anderson. Yes. Uh, yeah. Shady versus Jim Anderson in a ladder match in front of three paid. Yeah, that's right. That's why I was thinking of Grasa because I was thinking of that show actually. Yeah. Didn't they? Wasn't that also a ladder match too? Didn't they do two ladder matches that show? I don't know. I know. I know there was a four corners match where AJ Cruz dropped the heavyweight title. Yes. To the but, man who still has it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only reason I even bothered helping that show was because Len was booked. I think that, yeah. Um, that yeah, was literally I wrote, I the year. That was literally the year that Len won two company titles, and that both companies never held a show again. Yeah, I, th- I rode with Len to that show. Actually, now that I think about it, that was always fun. That was when Len became the new Ron Zombie, because we it used to be the saying, "Don't put your title on Ron Zombie; he'll kill your company." Len became the new Ron Zombie that year. Nice job, Len. Um, now. Let's get to the thing I know you want to talk about to kind of wrap shit up on the show. Yeah. And this was actually just posted this morning by him. And the, the screenshot I showed you was Bob Evans sharing it. Okay. So Alex Hammerstone, the current reigning defending MLW heavyweight champion of the world. And I've got it pulled up here too so I can read it. And I'll pull it up on the screen too for the YouTube viewership. Uh, decided to go off on... Uh, on some peeps in the wrestling business, not not specific people, but in general, mm-hmm. it was a general statement, but it was something that I know JJ and I wholly agree on. So mm-hmm. I'll pull it up, and you can go ahead and uh, read away if you like, and I'll take the Ben Ross so it's not blocking part of this. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So this was the post that was made earlier this morning. Wrestling resumes are generally a bunch of information that means nothing. Nobody wants to read and doesn't help you in any way. Seminars attended. Any moron can pay $40 for a seminar. Extra work, extra work. Nobody cares. You dressed up as a fucking pickle danced to the ring with Adam Rose career accomplishments outside of that company. Nobody cares about the anarchy Southern light heavyweight death match after hours, intergender galactic unicorn championship. Notable opponents, a Ford Taurus can race a Lamborghini. Doesn't increase the value of the Taurus. I'm not trying to hurt feelings, but use some common sense. If someone doesn't know who the fuck you are, don't send them two pages of nonsense to read. And the hilarity ensued on both his social media and where Bob Evans shared it on people who were completely divisive over this. And I thought it was hilarious that people were divisive because the reason Bob Evans shared this and this because I've talked to Bob and we agree on this and I've spoken on it before here where Bob at his seminar says, don't send promotions this long drawn out copy paste with, you know, with all this shit about your resume and all this, they're not going to read it. No one cares. And then some like, so someone actually said, this comes out as a douche post and I had respect for you. And this is just vague booking. Like, no, it's not vague booking. Hammerstone's 100% true. And they're like, this is why you've never gotten past where you are. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if y'all motherfuckers realize it, but <laughs> fucking Hammerstone, <laughs> fucking Hammerstone's not that old. He's 31. You know, like he may look a little more weathered, but Alexander Hammerstone is 31 years old and he still has time to get signed to a major deal. I'm, I'm like, I know he is under MLW contract right now. And I know that he's honoring that contract, but once God that con tampers with a Bauer contract. Exactly. And, you know, lawsuit, considering, lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. considering he stuck around after they took one of his stable mates and another one got in trouble with the law and he was still able to run with shit. Like he was able to shine out of that because originally Hammerstone Hammerstone was a fucking third banana to fucking Teddy Hart and fucking MJF. And then holiday was the lackey of the, of the, of the four in the group. And Hammerstone went from being a third banana to being the fucking focal point of the company. Um, and that was just in a matter of two years. Right. Um, he knows what he's talking about. And me and Bob Evans have talked about this and everything like, and like, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm on hiatus right now, but that doesn't mean I'm not looking at talent. The whole thing, you know, I'm always looking at who the next people are that I want to, you know, look at. I look at who's getting booked regularly around here. I'm looking at who's getting overbooked regularly around here. And I'm looking at who like who, who may show potential, but isn't getting used as much. If you were to contact a promoter as a human being, you will get a lot more out of it than copy pasted. This is who like I fucking I just and the thing about seminars, I fucking despise that shit so much. I've attended seminars. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so have I. It doesn't mean shit. Mm -hmm. And someone's actually like, well, sometimes a title means something because I book for certain companies, blah, blah. No, it doesn't. Anybody with fucking 400 bucks to rent a fucking Legion Hall and 200 to have a belt made online. It, it doesn't fucking matter. The only time titles matter is if it's a televised company that you have held a title for. Televised, not YouTube, not Fight TV, not IWTV, actual television.
which last I checked, there are three companies that have televised wrestling in the United States. And if you're already on that level, you really don't need to sell yourself on titles that I've held to indie promoters. Correct. You know, always, yo, yo, if you contact someone and you need references, name your trainer. Uh, make sure that there's a way to contact that trainer. Don't make up the name of a trainer, Joey Brecco. Because to this day, oh. the, uh, oh. fucking to this day, it's been fucking 14 years, and I still I've still never heard of, of a fucking WWE enhancement talent named Chandler Moody. You lying little fucking midget. Because that's what Joey Brecco said trained him. Lies. Fuck Joey Brecco. Um. <laughs> You know, name who you train and and name out. Yo, know, if you have some formidable references, like go ahead. Like there was like the first couple of shows we ran. Um, Surfer Kid, uh, Brandon, Paul Destry. I I was forgetting his I was forgetting his work name, but he said he trained under Lance, so we contacted Lance, and Lance said, "Yeah, he's he's decent." Which coming from Lance is that's that's like basically saying you're you're fucking golden. Like when Lance if Lance doesn't shit on you, mm-hmm. then you did well. So that was, but like, I remember when, I remember when Brandon found that out because Tony DeVito was there and and texted Lance and he kind of got offended that we contacted Lance. I'm like, dude, we were checking on you. Like take it as a compliment. Like we weren't, we weren't doubting you. We just wanted, we wanted confirmation from your trainer. So we knew that, you know, we weren't in our hands, you know? That, that's all you got to do. Give a reference, you know, and, and to like say like where you're active. Yo, you can say I've been, I've been wrestling for nine years, but if you've been wrestling for one company that draws 15 people once every two months for the past nine years, that doesn't mean shit. Right. Like I'm going to get completely real here. Um, There's a lot of people who would tell me that shit who literally only worked for showcase pro wrestling which is Chris Blackheart's promotion, which I don't even know still runs or not. And I'm not shitting on Chris Blackheart and I'm not shitting on his promotion, but I do know that they only ran X amount of shows and I would watch videos and they would, they, they, they did have a core audience. That core audience is only about 20 people. So I need to know that you're working somewhere besides just that one place. And footage is always great. Highlight reels. They're okay. Give me a five to 10 minute match to watch. Don't give me some Iron Man match. Don't give me some Gaga fucking hardcore match. Give me a regular ass match to watch. Give me a match. Like here's, here's a bit. Give me a match where you've gone over. Give me a match where you have not gone over. Give me a promo video that you shot for a company. Your promo videos online should be no longer than a minute long. I'm trying to give advice here. I'm not shitting on anyone, mm-hmm. but this is something that people, you know, p- people who have been offended at what Hammerstone had to say today, guess what? You're offended because you know that you're being called out without right. him ever having met you. Exactly. Like Hammerstone's doing well. I mean, word is um, Hammerstone might be getting a spot in the next season of Young Rock. Because they've been having Luke Hawks was put forward to finding lookalikes. Because Hawks played Stone Cold in Young Rock last season. Uh-huh. Um, there's word that Hammerstone might play Hogan. Brother. I mean, he looks like him. With enough with, with the right with the right aesthetics, like right. 
You could make him. You you could you could see him doing Hollywood Hogan. Sure. But I mean, it's you know, it's sometimes guys sound like assholes, but you gotta you, you need to look at the context and not the tone. Because like I, I get told I'm an asshole all the time, and I know I'm an asshole. But the the but the advice that I give is coming from a professional standpoint. That's what was bestowed on to me by fucking Incredible and Mike Milano and even fucking Jason Knight. First rule is free. Shut up and listen. Which, Jesus, fuck, today's is three days. God damn it. It's the 17th of October when we're taping this. Three days from now is going to be the 12-year anniversary of Mike Milano passing. Jesus. 12 fucking years, which means... November is going to be 19 years that I've been in the fucking business. Feel old? Very, considering Milano had only been in the business for nine years when he passed. Yeah, you're old. Very. Um, Very. All right, real quick before we, uh, to wrap up. Not to mention, Triple A! Oh yeah, that's right, that happened. They had their, their third and final Triple Mania 30 show this weekend in Mexico City. Did I not call it? So here's what we had. I called it. With that whole oh, gimmick yeah. match fuckery, and I said, so basically a Viano is going to lose their mask. Right. Um, so they opened the main show with a four-way tag to determine uh, future contenders for the tag titles. Why Jack- not have FTR there? I don't fucking know. They've uh, held those belts for a year and have never defended them there. Dragon Lee and Dralistico won the match. Which are, I believe that's, they're both, they're brothers, I believe, if I remember correctly. Oh, um, Roosh has another brother? Apparently. Uh, then Taya successfully defended the Reina de Reina's championship against Camille, who was Camille. filling in for Thunder Rosa, which we mentioned before. Right. Uh, then... Your, what'll go down is probably your favorite trios team of all time. Sam Adonis, Brian Cage, and Johnny Caballero, a.k.a. Johnny... Everything. Yes. Uh, became the new trios champions. Uh, which were, going into the match, they were El Cuatrero, Sanson, and Forestero were also in the match. It was a three-way match. It was a three-way of three... Yeah, Jesus, fuck! Uh, then we had a hair versus hair match. Pagano beats Cibernetico. Yay. Uh, Ijo del Vikingo uh, retained the mega championship over Ray Phoenix. And then the main event, mask the mask match, uh, Pentagon Jr. beating Viano 4, and Viano 4 had out mask. So, no, no tag titles held by FTR. And they didn't have a mixed tag team title right. match, which is held by Ty and Sammy Guevara. Right. Reasons. Reasons. But yeah, FTR literally won those belts a year ago and have defended them like on dynamite once. Like, what the fuck's the point? I don't know. Ask the bookers. I don't know. Ask TK and whoever the fuck books AAA. I don't know. 
TK keeps pulling this power move on fucking Triple A. Like, literally, this is what it is every time is, oh, we put our fucking titles on someone who works for AEW, and then here comes our big fucking pay-per-view, and TK goes, no, no, I can't have them drop something until I have them drop something else. Even though you just had Mox drop the GCW title. Well, yeah, because reasons. Because Mox had to drop that title because he told Mox he's not allowed to work indie shows anymore. But that's different, don't you know? Because that's American pay-per-view. Anything else before we go? Fuck Tony Khan. It's a good way to go out. <laughs> that does it for episode 71 of White Heat, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends at Mohawk Honda and Johnstone Supply. Also, if you get the hideaway at Saratoga Lake Golf Course, your home for Godzilla Media football Sundays this month. Social media, I'm at Brian Katie. He's at JJ underscore Alexander on Twitter. Comments, questions, concerns, war stories. If you want to say fuck you to Alex Hammerstone, whatever you want to do. Brian.katie.com. <laughs> Don't come for me. Come for JJ. Just kidding. Go ahead. Um, bring it, bitch. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 all I've got. So, uh, yeah. Anything else? You good? I'm good. All right. So, uh, for all the people in attendance and the millions watching across YouTube, say fuck Judas. Fuck Judas!